Hello, welcome to Platcha Valorant, episode 38. It's a wonderful day here in Austin, and uh, I'm excited to get things going. Is this airing on TBS? <laughs> this um, is such a pleasant intro. I'm just feeling pleasant this morning. I'm feeling pleasant. All right, let's let the world burn. To hell with all of you, especially you. And, and I don't know, let's get on with the show. There's a patch. There's a patch. This was the fastest intro. Yeah, this yeah. Was, was compared right to the Bryn Rambling Listen, intro. I don't know. Get down to business. It's not going to be fast as soon as you keep talking, because I know this is about to segue into some random tangent. You guys have a good <laughs> weekend? Oh, well, I mean, here we go. <laughs> well, I, here we go. <laughs> on, I'm trying to... We had a three and a half hour episode last week. I'm thinking, all right, we need to get on the money. Everything needs to be on beat. There's Kurt's got a... Kurt's got things to do today. We can't just lock I him have, up in the production room. For I have seven literally hours. nothing to do today, Josh. You got nothing okay, to do. Okay, he has literally right. nothing to do. Four hour so episode. That's just a bold it's face a lie. Yeah. That's Four just a bold episode. face lie. Mm -hmm. What do you do this weekend, Connor? Uh, you know, I uh, <laughs> I actually I finished building the coffee table. I broke. Uh, I got the parts for that. Now I still have the rest of the parts. Because for some reason, they want me to send the rest. They sent me a whole new table, and they want me to send the rest back. I only took, like, two parts out of it. And they just want me to send the rest back. So I'm like, okay, cool. So I got to do that. And uh, other than that, you know, did some yard work. We discussed our immunities. You know, I'm jacked to the tits with immunity soon. I'm going to be j absolutely jacked. Mm. But currently, jacked. only at the first shot. And yeah, I think you get, I think everyone except Bala he here is, has gotten one jab. I've asked, have you had a haircut? No, this is my same hair. Same exact hair. <laughs> the difference is, every... Okay, I feel like every week, by the way, <laughs> you ask me if my hair has changed. Always looks different. Just because I'm wearing earbuds. I'm wearing earbuds, so this way I don't put a dent in my hair before I go to work. I got earbuds mm. specifically for that, so I don't have a big helmet head. Mm. I don't have a helmet mm. head type of thing. I That's see, it. I see. That's all there is. Yeah, that is a problem. That you, got is a <laughs> you got a dent in your head, Bala? Yes, every yeah. morning. Because I, I always put my headphones on when it's when it's wet too, so I like don't even give it time to like settle oh, or anything. So every every time I come upstairs, it's just like <laughs> warming it to the headset right away. I just have a soft skull, so that's why I have a wow. I, have a I feel skull. like you, that's a bad. <laughs> I feel like that's bad. force whatsoever. No, not even slightly. Yeah. If yeah. I wear headbands that are too tight, I end up looking like a peanut. <laughs> Headbands. <laughs> Now Jesus. I need to I feel, like, I feel like you need really some calcium bad. or something if your skull is like an eggshell. Your I just skull is like an eggshell that just forms for you. I just want to yeah. see you on a basketball court with a headband now, just like falling <laughs> out. Right, have, uh, we, have we had enough funny banter then? Are we allowed to move yes. on to the patch did, now? Did you wake uh -huh. up on the wrong side of the bed? Today? I woke up on a very nice side of bed. I was pleasant with my intro, and then you're like, nah. Let's why not it's move just the I, I was asking how people's weekends were. Okay, fine. We'll talk about Viper and Yoru. <laughs> oh my God. You realize this is a Valorant podcast. You should be excited to talk about Viper and Yoru. Uh, yeah. Sure. And Bucky. Fine. Don't forget Bucky. It's in there. Bucky's yeah, they in did there. nerf the Bucky. This was actually a really cool patch. This is one of the best patches that they've had, I think. This is, uh, this is a fun one. Yeah. You, you can't be molding about the Bucky anymore. Viper and Yoru mains. Delighted. HRTF. Ooh, hoo, hoo. Oh yeah, yeah I'm actually ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, the audio in this game. I I I'm not a fan of the audio in the game. I'm looking forward to trying that out. Okay, well let's let's go through it a little bit at a time. They did promise Viper and Yoru changes, but they didn't really say what they were before this um before before this patch came out. Um, and I guess for we'll get to the HRTF stuff. What's right? I said for good reason because like these are some significant changes that I think yeah. people yeah. would have already been 
mauling about if they had hinted at it at all. All right. Well, let's let's take a look. What's first on the itinerary here? I I only very briefly went over this patch earlier. What's what's first on the list? The Viper updates. Viper. All right. Walk me through it, somebody that actually read this earlier. Toxin, passive. You're gonna literally walk me through it. You're <laughs> gonna literally read, read all of the words. One one. You're not gonna summarize it and add any analysis. You're just gonna. I'll I'll give you a little summary. Well, the main well the 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 main thing at the top here is that the enemies that cross through all of the Viper things now, you just instantly take fifty decay from just touching any of Viper's utility. Now, That's ridiculous. Um, which is very significant. Um, <laughs> and then I guess to uh, to not have overtuned it too crazy, the decay over time is decreased. Um, and then uh, the delay before health regen, you just get your health back faster when you step out of it by a second. So they tried to not overtune it by decreasing the numbers elsewhere, but still just touching the cloud and taking 50 is, that's pretty crazy. That's a lot. Yeah. I mean, if you just put down a smoke in a choke point, and then pop it as they walk through, yeah. and they all just get 50 damage immediately. There's like, what, three players there? There's instantly 150 damage. You just spray down with some kind of SMG. That does seem, that does seem kind of ridiculous. I don't think it, Viper was in that poor of a position. This is a crazy buff. It, it also like compounds with the vulnerability too, right? So like when you walk into, a, what is it, the, the Molly, and you get mm. vulnerable... And you're also decayed already to 50, 50 HP. That is just crazy. I have no idea how that's going to feel, right? As soon as you walk into it to, to anything, it's just like, wait, wait yeah. a second. And, and I don't even think like the, the well, I, basically nobody has played against Viper significant amount of times unless you're a pro player. But like, I don't even think that the notifications when the smoke comes back or the wall comes, the wall has like a big sound and then it curtains through. But uh, smoke is just like, boom, all Dude, of a sudden. I've I forgot that this was to do with the wall as well. That's the, it's the everything. wall is called it's toxic literally screen, everything, right? Yeah, yeah. I've yeah, never heard everything. never heard anyone say toxic <clears throat> screen before. By the way, never, no, literally, no, never heard it. It's the wall, but don't call it toxic screen. Maybe, but if you walk through the wall at all, you take immediately fifty damage. Yeah, that's a large amount of damage. That yeah. is a large amount of damage. Yeah, I mean it. It does. Uh, it does affect. You know, just flashing through the wall, trying to peek off that, finding yeah. the timing, trying to peek off of it. Um, there, there's a bit more of a disadvantage of actually going for that now. And then they also, small change, but to, to both the, the smoke and the wall, now after you die, they stay up for a couple of seconds. They don't mm. just immediately drop. Um, and then what else was it with the... Well, they can. Uh, you can redeploy. Oh, you can right. redeploy the smoke immediately now, but it's a temporary charge, as in like it lasts for that round versus a permanent charge. So, <laughs> right, right, yeah. And you can okay. pick it up from farther. So it actually makes. I actually these these are like ridiculous buffs because not only have you made her, if you just touch the wall, do you become like instantly down the fifty decay? But Viper now has more ability to keep the smokes up longer and redeploy them more fluidly so it's just kind of ridiculous how how large these buffs are across the board i, I think we basically still have the same kind of dynamic except now yeah. we have at least one smoke for retakes um or like a re-exec where if I, well not even really re-exec because usually if you're going to use it for an exec you're not going to be able to pick it up 400 does not not enough for that but on defense at least you can go use it for a retake now where you haven't been able to do that before you had to 
really think about your wall placements to use it for retakes if you wanted that or save your wall for retake on defense which i think we saw a lot of na teams doing um so um, I, I don't think that dynamic changes. It just makes her more on par with the other controllers. The pickup ability is what I'm talking about, right? Sure, it just right, makes yeah. her on par with Brim, <clears throat> on par with Omen. I, I remember on a previous Platchat episode, we said that if they continued buffing Viper, she would end up being shit, but also broken. But, and what <laughs> I mean by that is like, you don't want to play her, but you're forced to play her because she's so busted. And it's mm. not like she adds a huge amount of like, great creativity or she doesn't fit the style that a lot of teams want to play but she just is so broken with her individual abilities that you're forced to play her because it's oppressive to play against i feel like that's what she's heading towards to be honest they haven't i don't know these changes are not they don't make her more fluid they just make it well actually i suppose the the, the smoke the does a being able to redeploy yeah. your smoke i think and also you're able to put out your you're also able to put out your molly a little bit faster too because they decrease the equip time so like right. i kind of feel like these changes do make her a little bit more fluid and being able like bala was talking about and actually use it for defensive retakes at least much more yeah. effectively yeah i'm just thinking about the 50 damage that you get immediately when you touch any of her stuff it I, just I, th that specifically i feel like just makes it so strong specifically in ranked like people are going to start feeling i mean imagine when pistol like... rounds and bonus rounds and you yeah. touch the 50 decay and you just vaporize yeah yeah that is that is ridiculous actually and the, uh, the snake bite is like it's insta mollies right so now she's somewhat more of a sentinel too right it's not yeah. like she could delay for a long time with that those. is actually what it seems like they're pushing her towards is is being this like locking down a site anchor kind of thing where you can use your mollies but you can also use the smoke as well if it does mm -hmm. 50 damage as you walk through it plus decay when you're walking through when you can That's use that smoke as like a a, a blockade and a choke point <laughs> like good luck getting through that if they're holding on the other side of it it's yeah this is a bit weird honestly i i do find it <clears throat> i find it a bit worrying because i actually think viper was in a pretty good spot like mm -hmm. she i think she did have a role in the game it was a bit map dependent, sure, but it wasn't as if she wasn't being used and it wasn't as if what she could provide couldn't potentially be viable on more maps in the future too. Like yeah. in the ways that you see how effective her wall is on Icebox, there could certainly be maps in the future where that will be the case again, right? Um, it, it may just be a, a bit map dependent now uh, regarding her viability. So I... I worry about the 50 damage being an, uh, being too strong immediately. I, say, I think some of the other things, the faster equip time with the, with the molly and um, the being able to redeploy the smoke, I think those are good, and I think that those are very reasonable changes. But I worry about buffing her further, because I think she already has a place in the game. And I do also worry that maybe this is... This might be one of those situations where it's a bit more dependent on the actual ranked data, not so much what we're seeing from high-level teams because she yeah. requires an immense amount of coordination to actually be a viable agent that yeah. you pick. I mean, people still think of her as being the throw pick in in ranked. Yeah. Even, I don't know, like, Yoru, everyone has just forgotten was even added to the game. But <laughs> yeah. Viper is like the, the meme throw pick, you know? Yeah. Even though, if, if you actually get a Viper in your ranked games, normally they're nerdy as fuck. They have all sorts of lineups, and they're probably oh, going to win a, you the game, actually. Yeah, if you get a Viper on, like, bind, yeah. you just know they have 97 lineups. <laughs> yeah. It's actually a free win. But yeah. 
Has that ever happened to you? Have you gotten a viper yeah. on oh, Vine? Sure. Oh, it's very rare. Never, ever, ever seen a viper yeah. on Vine. Oh, it's it's very rare. But when it does happen, when you when you when it's when there's a full moon out and you enter a ranked game late at night, you're on Vine, <laughs> and your team pays a viper. But then all of a sudden, Ooh. pistol round, you see the you see that lineup coming in. The wall goes <laughs> down across A. All of a sudden, you're hitting the site. Perfect utility. The coordination's there. It's free 13-0. They've been on Reddit all day. They've been browsing. They know the lineups. It's, yeah. I, it, it has happened a few times to me. It's very rare, but when it does, it's a free win. Yeah. I think I've had more Vipers carry my games than throw my games weekly. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel like it's just... it's our, It already was oppressive and ranked in certain places just because... Like, people don't know how to play against Viper, man. They're like, oh, I had a Viper, and they know what they're doing. Like, she's actually putting mollies down in front of us, and the smoke is one way. Uh, like, they just have no clue what to do, and they just fall apart. They're like, we can't get through mid, man. What do I do? Like, that sort of thing <laughs> over and over and over. So I think that this is going to be, it's going to push her pick rate up high in ranked, in my, yeah. and, and just, just based on what I'm seeing. I'm definitely going to play that. I don't think that in like pro matches it's it's actually going to be I mean obviously it's going to be it's, people are going to pick her more for sure but like in terms of like pushing through the wall and pushing through stuff like that don't forget that the decay goes away right so people are still going to yeah. flash pop through through stuff um if it's coordinated doesn't matter if some of you guys or if, if all of you guys are 50 hp if you're three people peeking one guy right so I think that that isn't as scary when it comes to pro play I just think in ranked and the other thing too, you're 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 scared about like oh how how OP she might be and stuff. But I think that this is like actually pretty smart by Riot because I think the Viper has like a significant fan base that people don't realize in this game and other and other shooters like oh, this yeah. or uh, other like the agents and the the fan base and the creation around the the agents. I think it's significant and they're probably playing to that. Like nobody nobody's you know doing fan art about Brimstone, you know. Viper? Yeah. Uh, we've oh, yeah. the fan art discussion of the Valorant now. We finally hit it. <laughs> fan art and fan lore. Ready. Now, now saying, it's ready to yeah. go. That's no, yeah. no one's that's asking gonna make changes to based on. off of stuff like that. Like for sure. Yeah. I'm sure I could find someone. <laughs> I'm sure someone wants to get stepped on by Brimstone. Yeah, you'll be. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say I well, No. Listen, we'll have our own taste. What does All right, do what to was Yoru? Yoru, okay. Well, the, here immediately, Oof. my least favorite line of text in any Valorant patch note. Mm -hmm. Flash duration increased. <laughs> I don't like that already. Yeah. That uh, that, that makes I don't like that line of text particularly. Yeah, I I always felt like with Yoru the flash as well just felt like they were throwing it in there so that he could be a bit more versatile. Like it doesn't really fit with the rest of his kit. It doesn't fit mm -hmm. thematically with him as an agent either. It's just we're putting it in because it's you can get value out of it in every circumstance with the rest of his kit. You really can't. So I think the I don't know, man. The fix to Yoru was not making his flash better. The fix was making the rest of his kit better, in my opinion. His flash was ass. Like, it was ass. I, I mean, let's be serious. Yeah, it's, it's not the easiest flash. flash to turn, and it doesn't last like nearly as long as what even the sky flash or breach flash. So, which makes yeah. sense because he's not an initiator. But yeah, sure. I, I, I thought I remember. I thought the flash was going to be really good going into it because I thought it would be it would be easy to uh, develop lineups with it where it would just pop flash people. Um, mm -hmm. but that has not proven to be the case <laughs> or, yeah. or it's just that no one is well to be fair no one has spent any time developing yoru flash lineups <laughs> yeah. because yeah. then it's like okay yeah. i flash 
now time to put footsteps out. Like, you know, like there's not much, like there's yeah. not a lot of extra utility to work with, with him it'll, in that regard. Oh, maybe it'll be good now. Yeah. I mean, maybe, but I think the key is the rest of the kit. What have they yeah. done to gate crash? Huh? No longer refreshed on kills and instead replenished every 35 seconds. That's cool. I like the idea yes. of making it time based instead. Cause it just, it was, I felt like it was really hard to get value out of gate crash. It's just a, I mean, it's just a shite ability. It's, <laughs> it's slow. You can't use it to be able to disengage properly, like a dismiss or like yeah. a jet dash. I'm and sure Kurt could find some clips of, <laughs> of, of you. Okay, okay. But, but that's, that's, that's my brain being defective. That's not the ability uh, being defective. I think it's both, honestly. It's a little, it's bit, it's of a little a, bit of both. A little bit of column A, a little bit of column B, but mostly column A, mostly the brain part. Yeah. Um, there, oh, no, there go just on, wasn't any, like... Um, I guess there, there's always this, this choice that you had with the gate crash. It's like, do I use it at the beginning of the round to make me go all the way back to the, the side that my team is on? Or what do I do with this? Or do yeah. I try to use it like as the execute happens so I can find a new flank angle or something like that? Um, this makes that choice. make It's not a choice anymore. You just get to put it down in the beginning of the round and you get to use it for, for when the actual executes happen, which yeah. I find very, very cool. So now like on defense, you can imagine a situation where you're just you're just always at the site that they're hitting if they go for rushes, right? So you basically can't rush a team that's playing Yoru anymore because he can be on both sites. Um, and on a, a, on attack, you can faint with the footsteps. You could be like, oh, I'm I'm pushing bathroom on bind, and then all of a sudden we're actually hitting we're actually hitting B. Like that is going to be very common. You can't you, you can't account for where he is at the beginning of the round anymore. Yeah, I think it makes him slightly more useful, but. Only slightly. <laughs> yeah, like it's like reasonably. It, it's also a little bit harder to find because they changed like the stealth for it. Like you have to get a little bit closer to actually reveal it now. Oh no! It, it... Oh, we found it. We found a clip. clip. Okay, this, let's this take a look. Ten men. I mean, okay, my... look, at that, look at that flash. This... Look at that flash. Oh, though. this is a good one. This oh, is... <laughs> oh, this is a tragic <laughs> clip. Actually, this is this is so tragic. I needed to pee. And look so... at this. The second he gets oh. up. Turns around. <laughs> oh, I mean, that is no. that is so tragic. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> this isn't even a clip. This isn't even a clip of the failures of Yoru. This is just no. a failure of Josh's bladder. Here. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, this is just a failure of everything, isn't it? This is th these are how my ranked games go. I think we lost this game. Don't know. Can't remember. Probably did though. We're eleven nine up. Probably lost. This is recent. Hold up. This is recent. There's an Astra. Why are we playing Yoru? <laughs> I was pretty bad. My my chat loves to make me play Yoru. I have a channel point redeem where they can pick my agent, and if they if they pick it, they will always pick Yoru <laughs> just to throw my games, just to throw, just to keep me that's, locked in my I little cage. I don't think cage. that's them throwing your games. I feel like that's you throwing your own games. How am I throwing my because own games? Because you allow your chat to pick your hero. Yeah, I'm an interactive streamer, okay? I love giving the people what that's, they want. That, I mean, that's what if there was the button is like, I'm going to DC every time you claim these channel points. Like, essentially, <laughs> at the end of the day, that's, we're looking at equivalent things there. We look at that clip and, and that, potential, that potential happening. Well, they, they need to buff Yoru so that he's not a throw pick, oh. so that they can't, you mm. know, throw my games by just selecting so what agent I'm playing. So you don't think they have here? You don't think these are the changes required? I don't know. What was the other stealth thing? Uh, they just made crash? his ult faster. Like, it's less orbs. Less total oh, points yeah, to get. Oh, yeah, six now. Yeah. 
Which and I you mean, can also reactivate gate crash while you're in it. So, well, that's actually that's pretty huge. Yeah, so like, you could go out of it and go back into it, right? What? So no, uh, no, 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 you you, no. you can use the old, and, and then you it, can you teleport cannot... to your gate crash while yeah, you you're can... in the old. Yes. Yeah. So oh, you can while you're okay, in the yeah, old. Yeah, yeah. So you can Why does it say reactivate? Uh, I don't know. I mean, just maybe it was... Maybe that just means it's... teleport to it, right? Yes. Because you press yes. E the second time, you reactivate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay, 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 okay. That's yeah, what yeah. it is, yeah. Well, that's, that is good, because we were playing against a Yoru recently. I want to say, like, three days ago or something, we were playing a game against a Yoru. He was winning aim jewels against everybody else in the game. Every time he used his ult, it was like he was deliberately trolling, because <laughs> he would use his ult, and then he'd just get stuck... And then he's just trying to run away in his little blue form. And you're running after him because you know that he's going to be vulnerable as soon as he comes out of it. And he's just desperately trying to juke and dodge around boxes. And then he just comes out of it and you just shoot him in the head. I mean, it's just the, the, ult, was, the ult was theoretically awesome, but in practice it was kind of shit, actually. Yeah, I feel like his ult is still stuck. It's like, it's like omen ult territory for me where it's like great reconnaissance tool, terrible to do anything else essentially yeah but yeah, i mean it definitely needs to go down to six and it might need to go down to five might be the first <laughs> five know, right? ult but it definitely needed to go down to at least six yeah it's one of those ults that you use and then you instantly as soon as you're getting kills and you're getting points back right like phoenix for example not like jet so it'll feel like you're getting four ults a game if you're playing well mm -hmm. or four ults a half if you're playing well yeah i sure. think that's good i it's it's so hard to to I think to tell if this is going to be enough to make Yoru even even into that like viper territory I was describing earlier where she she is still a very good pick on certain maps if you want to play out a strategy. Yoru is still a throw pick. I mean I don't even think he's there yet. No, I mean Yoru is going to be more buffs coming. Un unless I've massively misunderstood something in that patch, Yoru will still be a throw pick, I think. Unless, unless the flashes blind everybody, the gate crash is still <laughs> going to be so hard to actually get value out of. And the, uh, I suppose the, the like, fact you can't see the gate crash as much is somewhat cool, and it lasts for 30 seconds, so if you shoot it... So there's only like five seconds of downtime without gate crash then. Yes. I suppose that's all... That's, well, that's all right, because then you're... I mean, at the... You honestly, one of the things about Yoru, I think going into it, the idea of him was that he would be constantly applying this pressure that there could be someone trying to exploit a flank, get behind you, get into the back line. In yeah. reality, that didn't really play out. No. Um, so I never feel pressured playing against Yoru because if he teleports, it goes... Yeah. And so you just know that he's behind you. But... Presumably now, I mean, they, they have, these are, at least with the gate crash for sure, steps in the direction of, with that being up all the time, theoretically, as a defender or, or attacker, you have to be worried about him going through a gate crash basically at any point yeah. in, the, in the round. So, and, and you can't hear it as much, right? Yeah, and it's, you can't see it if you're... Well, that's hey, revealed, no, not the sound cue, I believe. I think that's only just for the... It gets revealed oh, visible, yeah. when it's closer. Yeah, it's not the sound cue. The sound cue is uh, still like a, like a fusion reactor burning 
Like, so I don't know. It's the like auto cannon. Well, then maybe yeah, still throw. Pick. I don't know how that's going to work exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't, I think I mean, it makes it more it closer to what, what what the like what the idea for him was yeah. originally, right? Yeah, I think that's all it right does. Direction. I I always I, I did think at the beginning I was like, oh, you're like he's bad in ranks. He's bad when you don't have team team play aspect. But I I do think that there's ideas that you know teams can do um to use them, especially now that you can potentially have what four four gate crashes in a round. The one question I have, and we'll see when the patch gets launched today, is whether or not that that cooldown starts after you've used your teleport or like while it's, you know, somewhere out on the map. I don't think that's clear yet. Oh, but... I see. Like, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, I get, I get what you mean. Like you would have to teleport to it before the cooldown began mm -hmm. again or something. Yeah, yeah that or, it, you know, the it, it dissipates or whatever. If yep. that is the, the trigger for the cooldown. Yep. I don't know. All right. What was the next thing in the patch, huh? One we can we can all oh it's killjoy it's killjoy you can redeploy <laughs> nano swarm in the buy after in the buy phase okay huge only. good next this is <laughs> the one we can all rejoice yeah all of us <laughs> together all, all of those in the community the bucky's been nerfed we want to focus the bucky more on its actual primary firing mode left click bucky has a left click yeah, <laughs> it does I have, have no idea it. it's it is interesting but. If you look at that very, that go all the way, focus your eyes on the very last row of text. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The amount of pellets in a right click from 15, five. Yeah, I mean, they've, so they've just fucking murdered it. You can't right click anymore. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's I mean they, they, they say uh, you just need some reliable chip damage. I mean, that's awesome. Listen, if you're going for reliable chip damage, <laughs> you're you're I mean, getting used to buy a rifle. Yeah, just you, I mean, <laughs> you're you're dead. That's um, th so. I, I don't like the way that they've just murdered the bookie here, though. I I I'm okay I with them the, murdering the right click. I'm no, I'm so, I'm fine with it. Let's get rid of it. Like, let's I'm gonna, delete the bookie. I'm gonna make the Overwatch analogy. Roadhog's right click, which is analogy? yeah, Roadhog's I'm right furious. click, which is pretty similar to the the how the bucky works. Roadhog feels so good because you have to land it perfectly to be able to do damage. But it yeah. still does a shit ton of damage if you land it properly. But the, when you fire the like, alternate fire, the pellet spreads out massively. And so you have to be in that perfect sweet spot. Otherwise... I, and and it, I mean, per, like, if you haven't played Overwatch or Roadhog, it has to be I mean, exact. I, I think it has to be it's, within like 10 centimeters. Yeah, the, it, it has to be... a the absolute perfect sweet spot range um and i think that would have been a good really change. satisfying when you do get a kill with it because it is so difficult to pull off um i mean why would you even buy bucky now is my question right because the thing is i actually agree in that the right click served a purpose because it differentiated the bucky from like the judge like why if you're gonna pick a shotgun why the hell would you pick bucky now versus just getting a, a different pistol or like a frenzy or a judge you know like there's no reason to pick bucky anymore other than the cost that's it but like you could probably get stuff that's more cost effective yeah i i i actually think that i i liked the roadhog thing when yeah. we were talking about that i actually like that um that if you can get kills with the right click but it has to be the absolute perfect sweet spot range to be able to pull it off otherwise you're doing negative damage <laughs> with the spread so um, what do you guys want you're basically asking for a zeus from csgo as like yeah, but not well. The Zeus is that you have to be really close to them, right? Yeah. What we're saying is that the, so the the Bucky's effective range on the right click used to be somewhere between eight and nine meters. I think was like mm -hmm. the distance you had to be away from somebody. What we're saying is 
Make it so that the right-click distance is 9 meters exactly, say, or something like that. And if you're 0.5 meters too far or too close, it essentially does, like, zero damage. Because the right-click expands so much. Is I think that would have been a better way of balancing it, rather than just, we will murder this gun now. People are annoyed, and so we will murder it. I mean, why would you ever use the right-click on this gun anymore? It I mean, there's five no... pellets! Yeah, you might as well sniff on them! There's no reason to ever right-click. There's They're going to take no more reason. damage if you type something offensive in the chat. I, I I never thought I would be asking for the removal of the pump shotgun in the game, but, like, come on, man. This does not belong. I mean, it doesn't. Like, what what is the, the, the purpose of, of shot, like, the shotgun meta in this game? Like, what, what makes it interesting or fun anything? Like, even the judge, right? Even I mean, pretty much just raise debt packs. And, yeah, and sometimes like, jet dashing in off of like an aggressive smoke or flash. We could already shoot our ghosts and 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 phantoms like midair and headshots like that. That's already there no matter what. Like, I don't know. I just feel like the shotguns has never been fun in this game or any tank FPS that I've. So you ever can't get controller played. only raise players without the judge or the bunk. So just think Thank about you. that. Now, you're gonna lose a big He's part gone. of the experience. Oh. Yeah, that's nerd. This gaunt, like gaunt. Well, actually, there's still the judge, so maybe I'm not. Yeah, maybe I mean, I'm too early on this celebration and hallelujah. But I, <laughs> come on, man. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it did. No, no, it definitely needed to get nerfed, and I'm glad that it got nerfed. But uh, I think it. And we get to Steel's never buying a bucky anymore. Like, like, like <laughs> thank the Lord, please. We don't get to see that again. Like, it's over. Thank you. Thank mm, yeah. you. Are people going to move to the marshal now? What's what's the next? Uh, is everyone marshal. just using More the sheriff at all the times? More interesting than the bucky, and that's a sniper. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it might just go back to the sheriff. Yeah, I mean, I the sheriff might, just seems might be like sheriff the season. Yeah. Yeah. I'm wondering when they're going to change the op now. That's the next gun on my list, I feel, that needs to be looked at, is the op. Because that's like, it, it's, it feels very, very weak right now to op currently. And like, there's so many people saying like, yeah, like, you know, we there's not much to do against the Smeeg meta at times because op is so prohibitively expensive and like easy to deal with currently. So I'm wondering when they're gonna touch the op, if they're gonna touch the op at, at all, ever. If we're ever gonna have like the op come back, really. Gotta combine yeah. it with a jet nerf, I think. But yeah. if you nerf jet, I, uh, the jet dash, I do think that it would be a better idea to, to buff the op a at least a little bit. It is kind of ridiculous that there's only one viable agent in the game that you want to give an op to repeatedly. Like that, that doesn't make sense. That's a bad state for the game to be in, in my opinion. I think we're going to look back at this time in the game, and the biggest thing we're going to think about is like, wow, why could only Jet be the opera? <laughs> That's uh, I see you haven't seen Steel with the Killjoy op, huh? The Killjoy <laughs> sure, op is sure. a very and, viable meta. Yeah, and Mummy does it on Omen and stuff. There are exceptions, but generally speaking, it's just so much more effective to have your Jet do it, which... Is I, I don't think that's a great position for the game to be in. I think it's really funny though that like it's it's not the fact that the op is weak on other characters, it's just that it's really strong on Jet, right? That yeah. that's kind of how this discussion has gone. So really it's because you could adjust your position, you can change things like that, and that this game really favors that. But it's not because there's no movement on other characters that the op is bad. It's just that the op is bad in general, outside of when you don't have that extra movement, right? That's been the consensus. Yeah, I think, though, that the op generally is not... I don't know. They, they've nerfed the op significantly in terms of its, like, price point and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, considering the, the price of it. It's, it's prohibitive a, it's a to buy. It's a very high price. 
Yeah, it's prohibitive to buy unless you can get mega value out of it by playing it on right. Yeah, I think so. I'd like to see them like add a scope sound, reduce the price a little bit, nerf jet dash. I think the three yeah. combined together would open it up to other agents a little bit more rather than people feeling like, well, I'm not going to spend that amount of money if I don't have a jet to be able to play it. We're just going to start seeing Yoru offers now. As soon as yeah, they, you can as as crash as on that. <laughs> I think there's always been something there. It just hasn't been tested. <laughs> it hasn't been tested well, properly. The, but they should. The, the final part of the patch was HRTF, right? Mm. And that is something that I think will fly under the radar for a lot of people, but it's probably the most important part of this entire patch. Um, previously, this game did not distinguish between someone being 45 degrees to your front right and 45 degrees behind you to the right. Like, there was no way to distinguish between the two of those things. And so the audio sounded... I mean, it was confusing. It was really confusing, the audio in this game. HRTF was added to CSGO, I don't know, 2014, something like that. I can't <laughs> exactly remember what year it was. But it made, it made such a huge difference to that game's audio. There's, I mean, you, you'll be able to look up... Um, if you're interested in like getting a, an idea of what that is... Oh, it actually has a video right here that, uh, that explains it as well. It gives like audio comparisons, but yeah, it's just a great thing for the game. This is the single like biggest change that I've been hoping for. I, I read the patch notes at like one a.m. I I read through Viper stuff. I was like, oh dang, 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 and then I come down to HRTF and I completely forgot that there's anything else in this patch because this is yeah. so good. I think people have to be careful though when they first load up the game. They're gonna hear it, and and this is what happened in CS. Like all my teammates were like, "This sucks, man. This is terrible." Because they're just not used to it. It definitely is going to feel a lot different, um, yeah. and you're gonna you're gonna think that it's not good. But just get used to it. Play like a day, and then and then all of a sudden you'll be like, "Wow, I can actually hear in Valorant now." <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> because we could not hear before, like in comparison yeah. to others. The crazy thing though is that this technology has been out. Like this was used in like all the way back in gold source games like 1.6 and tfc and stuff like that like hrtf is the real deal and it's obviously been improved so we'll get to we'll get to feel how it is i hope it's good i hope it's really good yeah i'm really excited for this too the audio in the game has made me mauled so many times in the past I, i've been waiting for this change for since the genuinely since beta actually this i've been i think i've said on the show many times that they really need to improve the audio and specific kind of fix so i mean well they're also going to be using this patch in challenges apparently is is what they've been saying yeah so hrtf the viper buffs the yoru buffs the slight change to killjoy are all going to be live in the in the challenges games which are happening what today, today. literally today, today. So for europe yeah that's a one-day turnaround i don't know whether do you think that's going to make a massive difference no to, to teams i don't think well so. you EU's not playing on it, right? It's just NA. Because EU started yesterday. Yeah. So it has, to be, it has to be just NA. NA starts I don't today, know. right? Yeah. I, I, I really no, don't NA know. starts tomorrow. Oh, so no, tomorrow. NA starts, okay. yeah, NA starts on the 1st, which is okay. tomorrow. So that's... it's Two days. I saw people complaining about it because they're like, wow, you know, they, they were on one patch for all this time and now we have a one-day turnaround. But personally, especially for NA, I don't think any of this changes realistically very much other than like Bucky. I'd say Bucky maybe and like the HRTF, obviously. But that's about it. I don't think the agent changes are going to influence NA too much unless teams have been secret, unless they got like insider trading about the Viper buff 
and I I've mean, been secretly practicing it. Some teams have been playing Viper, right? Compared to others. Some, they get an some advantage. but it's still, I would still say it's definitely lower in NA, I believe, than it is in like For other, sure. especially like yeah. EU. I mean, who plays it in NA? I guess Anbox has played some. On split. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm guessing that BBG with the like trial yeah, approach BBG's or whatever that is. Yeah, BBG's done it sometimes. And right, right. I don't know. Can I think of even T1? a single top team? Okay, oh, yeah. T1. Yeah, I guess T1. I guess T1. playing it on Xbox. TSM had that one time when they tried playing Hazed on it. But no, not going to be happening anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah I, I, yeah, I can't see it affecting Anyway, the the thing that we wanted to go over last week that we never got around to uh, because we had this enormous episode was talking a bit about the upcoming challenges because we've just concluded stage one. By the way, th this whole system of notation, stage two, <laughs> challenges one, etc., is it's so confusing. If it's like it's challenges one, but it's four masters two, so. I don't know how people are going to naturally refer to that. We've called it stage two challenges one because I think that's what VLR is using. I don't know whether Riot's using that as well. But anyway. That's what they're using, yeah. Oh, is that oh, okay. what they're using? Okay. Mm -hmm. so the, the, the format is very different, though. Because we've got a LAN on the horizon that is the actual Masters event, the entire format has now shifted to what it will be for the future. What that, what that essentially means is if you're, if you're a little Timmy at home that's been watching VCT and you're like, format's confusing. Don't worry, it is fucking confusing. But ignore everything that you saw for Masters 1, basically, because the, the format is now different. Like what, what was called Masters is now the Challengers Finals and true Masters is where they go and all play together in the big LAN event. But what that means is that the formats have changed significantly too from like... Uh, uh, the perspective of how many teams get in from each region. So I wanted to talk a bit about EMEA, which is what Europe, Middle East, and Africa, I guess. Is it North Africa? Is that what EMEA is? I don't know what it stands My for. guess would be yes, but Europe, honestly, the Middle don't East, know. and Africa. Okay. It probably would be, Fine. yeah. Don't know if there's any actual African teams that have been playing. I haven't seen them. Uh, actually, I think there might be. Anyway, whatever. Um, EMEA's format, though, is really strange this time around because there are eight spots in the Challengers final, right? Yeah. And the two best teams go to Masters. Of those eight teams, two of them are going to be from the Turkish side, and one of them is... Sorry, three of them are going to be from the Turkish side, and one of them is going to be from CIS. So you have four teams from EU... Three teams from Turkey and one team from CIS, I believe, is the way that it ends up playing out. But they all play through the challenger qualifiers separately. Yes. yes. Yeah. Right. So your top three teams from Turkey are going to be into challengers finals. Your top one team from CIS is going to be through the challengers finals. And your top four from Europar as well. Right. That is a very strange situation for Europe to be in because... I, I assume that they've weighted it so heavily because the Turkish viewership is massive. Like yeah. The Turkish viewership is literally bigger than the, the European than one, isn't it? Double the European yeah, viewership. I mean, that's, that's I mean it's bigger than an A often. So yeah, it can be. Yeah, I mean, up until the the enormous events. No, but, not obviously not talking about co streams and that. Like co streams definitely put an A over, but like when we're talking about official streams. Sure. Sure. Yeah. What do you guys think about that? About the like the the EU side of it in terms of how many teams go through. I think this is a problem only because we have online 
uh, Challengers Finals, and I think that's going to cause more problems than anything else because there are significant ping differences between you know the uh, you know Western Europe, Eastern Europe, Turkey, Middle East, you know all these different places. I feel like there are significant challenges there, um, and because of that, you you don't feel like you want to do like this this regional challengers or where where it's all everybody combined qualifying for one thing. That's why you don't want to do that. But then you have to have the challengers final because otherwise it's really awkward sending people to to Iceland. I think it's a really tough problem to be honest. Um, and I, I think the the fairness is like okay for now. It really sucks that there's one CIS team. Yeah, that was going to be my concern. Is like it seems odd to me that CIS would only get one team. You know, that's the only thing I would say. Like I get Turkey's huge, but I feel like it would be a little bit more fair to have two CIS teams in there. But, you know, do you, do you think you do? do you think it's reasonable to allocate spots based on the popularity of the region? Or at this point in the game when we don't exactly know which region... Well, I mean, the, the thing with Europe is that actually the CIS teams and Turkish teams have played against European teams before in the past too. Yeah. And it seems like Europe is significantly better. And then the CIS, like the best team in CIS, I don't know, like best team in CIS in Turkey would probably be towards the bottom of the top 10, something like that. But yeah, um, yeah. I mean, how do you guys feel about allocating spots based on the popularity popularity versus the skill of the All region, right. I guess? I think if I think they kind of have to right now, but can be allocated differently. I think that this is just this. I mean, these are just the, the circumstances of attempting to host the first LAN ahead of schedule in the covid world i mean it kind of just is what it has to be at this point and for all of the the complaints that will be had in they're really there's not really great options in any direction right now so i think it, it just kind of it is what it has to be you got to deal with it things will be more ironed out and sound in the future but for now this is just what it is. Also, Very being more equitable doesn't necessarily make your scene grow initially as well. Like there are different like motives to hosting versus like this team, these teams are really good. This region's really good versus this is very popular, right? Like if I'm an early TO or Riot currently when I'm heading into the actual Masters event, I'm thinking about what is going to get the most eyes on my game, you know? And like, sure, it could be theoretically a little bit more fair initially to have like a more even distribution of teams. But if one region is going to increase your view count by like 30% by having more people potentially involved, then that's like a kind of a no brainer at this point in the game. So it's a very tough discussion to be had as like a TO and as someone wanting to build the scene, because it's just like there are short-term and long-term goals that you have to balance. Well, let me ask you guys this. What would be the equitable way to do it? Well, right, I think different TOs have done it wildly different in, in yeah. many different scenes. I think most people would have expected that CIS would get two and Turkey would get two. I think that's the like default well, position. Well, no, I, I don't even like mean like the specific numbers. I'm just saying like what what do you base it off of in, mm. in a in a fair circumstance? Right. I think I would I think going forwards into the future, one way that you could do it is by looking at the results of like Challengers Finals this time around and seeing which region ended up doing best overall 
and trying to allocate like a larger portion to those regions to try and get them proportional invites based on the strength that they represented last time around. Um, and you could even update that for every masters. Like you don't. So what are we like just VOD reviewing? Like I. Well, that's no, a, I mean that's the, the placement that they got. So like yeah. say say in challenges finals, you have all of the top four teams end up being European, and then the CIS okay. team beats all three yeah, yeah. of the Turkish teams. At yep, that yep, point. Yep. I think you could say, right, well, CIS as a region probably is a little stronger than Turkey right now because the CIS team did better than all three of the Turkish team. Yeah. Let's give them another spot and take one away from Turkey. Something like that, I think, would be mm -hmm. reasonable once you know the results of one of the Challenges yeah, Finals. That's the problem. We just don't have any... I mean, and, and I know people, like you were saying, the Turkish teams and CIS teams and European teams did play against each other, but that was pre-2021. Yeah, that was yeah. pre challengers stage one masters stage one where everything was separate so as of right now i am assuming the way they're viewing this as well as what you're getting at is that they don't actually have that data available yep. now yeah. this stage two is where that data will become available and then for the future they'll be able to give spots more potentially based on the actual skill level and the the results of the teams at that mm. point um, but this one kind of has to be the test things out one. So, yeah, might as well go off what will make the might tournament as well. the best right. for eyes. Sure. Because um, sure. short term, that is a very valuable thing for them to go for, yeah. which is boosting viewership. Oh, definitely. Because go on. That, that's the marketing aspect for them right now, right? It's like, mm -hmm. let's try to get as many people excited about Valorant Esports as yeah. possible. In the future, we'll, you know, we'll start converting that to... Let's try to get as many people playing Valorant esports as possible. But for now, like as it's beginning stages, I honestly think it's it's not bad at all. I think it's probably pretty smart for them and good for the health of the scene. Maybe not, you know, the best for certain teams and certain players in certain regions, but we have to make sacrifices somewhere. And hopefully in the future we can make it really equitable. And again, these are the sacrifices to even have this event in the first place. Remember that. Like yep. this event was not supposed to happen. And it is, sure. and there are yeah. sacrifices to be made within that, Yeah, yeah. Uh, which are, you know, we, how many teams from each region? Don't exactly know. Also, tougher when you can't have, they, they are only having 10 teams. Also not the plan. Another sacrifice of having an event already. Yeah, yeah. Um, all a sacrifice to hopefully then have a highly viewed, excellent event where we get close to what the top 10 teams at the time are. And if one of the teams maybe isn't a top 10 team and a team misses out, that's unfortunate, but they'll have another chance in the future when things are more normalized and it's easier to put on sound events. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Well, let's, as part of our Stage 2 Challenges 1 preview, let's take a look at some of the brackets. Um, I don't know which one Kirk can find first, but like North America would be a good place yeah. to start, I think, and uh, pick out some of the, the previews of games that are going to be cool. Well, this top, the right, top well, part is just cool right away. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> let's, let's start here immediately because um, I actually, I wanted to talk about this team Sonics anyway. Mm -hmm. And if you see the, the way that Sentinels are set up, they're going to play this team Sonics in the round of 32, assuming that they beat Cloud9 White. But even the game Sonics versus Cloud9 White could be interesting. And if you guys are asking, well, who are Sonics? That is the EXO team that moved from um, Australia and have just arrived in North America. So th this is, this, you can see them playing. I don't even know how like VLR has got an <laughs> NA rank for them. 
because they must have just taken the ELO from. Yeah. That's got to be Australia? the OC one. They have no official matches yet on it. Yeah, I mean, so they literally be, they're yeah. currently ranked nine in North America without playing a single match in North America. So it's definitely <laughs> yeah. just the oceanic <laughs> ranking as they've been paddleboarding their way across Pacific here. <laughs> yeah. So this this team um, this. This team is, I think they were the best team in, they were. in uh, Australia. Yeah. It was them and Hands Team down. Launch, I think, were the, were the two best. I, I don't I know. I haven't been following the Oceanic was. scene. Yeah, but I just the, know they were the best. They've got a player called Bob. Yeah. That's pretty fun. He's <laughs> pretty good, too. Yeah, I've seen some players um, playing in North American ranked recently as well, like Crunchy, who plays Omen for them, too, is uh, somebody that I know a bunch of other players have been enjoying, uh, enjoying watching and playing with. So... Yeah, there we go. Bob. There's Bob the sofa. <laughs> Bob. But this this will be really cool. This is the first time I think we've seen any interregional play in Valorant, right? Yeah. yeah. It it is very exciting. It is definitely outside very of like the, the EU Turkish like stuff. Cool. I think sure. for sure that this is the first time. Which you know maybe a little bit of a bummer that's coming from OCE, but I'm still hyped as hell. I'm so hyped that we potentially have this. Uh, and hopefully it gets streamed too, because I, I know that's a slight yeah, concern. Yeah, we don't know if it's going to be streamed either. It's arguably a more important interregional match too, simply because like everyone knows Turkey generally is like relatively okay on the international stage across like the esports it participates in. It can be pretty good, but OC has always been the redheaded stepchild of esports, mm -hmm. I think, in a lot of ways. Yeah. And like it's just they're just stuck on their island. They have they have poo poo tier internet. They have to pay like. Eighty dollars in digital tax for games for some reason. So like they're, I they've always been like lagging a step behind. I think even though it's like a really dedicated community. So it's good. It would be really cool if the game could be streamed and if Sonics puts up like a great performance. But also it would totally meet expectations if Sonics comes over and gets absolutely curb stomped into the ground by Sentinels. Yeah, because, simply because but, that happens to OC sometimes. And it's also Sentinels, right? Like they yeah, got, yeah. they've been unlucky in they, some sense because they are literally unrated. Like they don't have a seed coming into this tournament because even though they're the best team from OCE, they haven't done anything in North America. So they haven't been seeded highly at all, which means that they are in the portion of the bracket yeah. with the best team in NA. That's That's really unlucky. Like even if they're a good team, you would expect 100% of the time them to lose to Sentinels. I mean, it would be mind-blowing if they won against Sentinels. That would change everything I know about Valorant. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's very unlikely. The problem is, yeah, it would be, it would be cool if they're like, I don't know, even like 10th like best in NA. That I think that really would be sick. cool. Yeah. But then that puts them in the tier of like, I don't know, T1, yeah, T1 some, someone like nine. that. Um, who you also expect to just get kind of, you know kind of rolled over by Sentinels. So yeah. if they can honestly, if they can even keep it relatively close, I think that'll be pretty cool. Um, and it might even be a good, it might be a pretty sick game with them against C9 White as well. Honestly, yeah, I would hope that these yeah. games get streamed because I know in the last Challenger, like the Stage One Challenger Three, Nerd Street just had a million streams going of yeah. every single game. Yeah, they no um, casters. But yeah, no just casters, observers. just observe. Oh, which, listen, I mean, please uh, do that again. Um, because I'd like to watch the C9 white game as well. Yeah, compared to all the games in Europe that are not going to be streamed as well. There was like a huge list of games. Yep. It's like Vitality, OG, just so many teams. And they started like, what, here. round of 512 too or something in EU as well. It's yeah. crazy. like so many possibilities over there. It is We're ridiculous. We're getting new comps and not even seeing them. I, dude, I'm excited for Sonics uh, specifically because I think that this, to be honest, has 
um, like implications for OC down the line. I think seeing a team do very well against global competition will will help OCE develop other teams, other players, and stuff like yeah. that. One yeah. one confusing thing that I I'm not quite sure how it's working. And again, this is like, what the hell is the format? OCE is like involved in the NA circuit, right? So do they have any slots going to Challenger Finals, or or I'm pretty sure they don't. But like, uh, <laughs> how does that all work? Know. Because they're definitely like, remember that the talent lock roster or the talent region lock thing? Yeah, it's like yeah. OCE is part of the NA circuit, but there's actually no OCE tournament. So I guess they're I don't not know. Part of it. Honestly, I have not don't a clue. Know. I don't yeah. think so. But... I don't know. I don't know. But let's let's continue moving down the bracket for uh, for NA. Because let's let's see if there's some other decent games. Because that top half of the bracket definitely people are going to be paying attention to. Uh, then who have we got moving further down? Next part like BBG versus Beast. BBG Coast, Beast Coast. Or... Yeah, um, BBG yeah. Beast Coast maybe would be uh, on the way. Are Beast Coast well. is pretty interesting too because they got Kohler and Fraud is the new head coach with mm -hmm. this team. So ah, Beast Coast is really interesting. The yeah, is, a very ethical team. At the end of the day. Whoever's in that's, on that side of the yeah, just yeah. in the Sentinels. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah. bye bye. Bye. Have fun though. You made it to the round dudes. of sixteen. Congratulations. You almost did it, but you got Sentinels in your bracket. What else we got here? We've got Exact going to be playing against NRG for the qualification spot, yeah. maybe. Um, NRG going to have to go up against Space Station probably at some point too. But yeah, that's uh, that could be a cool game. I'm I'm excited yeah, to see NRG. NRG. Energy Exit, that's good. I think Renegade's version one could be. It's kind of further down, but Renegade's that's version one. Too. Hold on. My, oh, yeah, Lord's that's right. Name. Yeah, FaZe is down there. Uh, where, oh, yeah, and the where, new Rise where, where team. The new Rise team is in this as well. And they might play Immortals if they make it through. Uh, mm. Rise could play Immortals. And Rise now has Shanks and uh, uh, Calypso. Yeah. Yeah. So. Ooh, TSM. We get to see them again. It feels like we haven't seen them in forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It really does feel like we haven't seen them in forever. Who are they playing against, theoretically? They could. Oh, they'll play Immortals. against probably Immortals oh, for qualification. Really? Yeah. Yeah, well. That's, uh, I don't that think is they're a, making this one. That's a tough maybe. game. But yeah, I, I, who knows? TSM, I'm, I'm rooting for them. I want them to come back to the top of the scene. They've got some sick players. But other than that, I think everything else is like seeded relatively Ooh, well nine gen g is going to be a qualification game probably yeah that's, that's that could be pretty good that could be pretty good yeah cloud nine off the back of winning that nerd street qualifier oh and a hundred thieves right. t1 that's that feels like it always happens man this hundred mm -hmm. thieves t1 oh and dignitas is in this side of the bracket as well dignitas unless they lose to rice ball gang 13-0 which <laughs> <be> <laughs> I could I don't think it's the best of three. It's the best of three. We're chilling. Okay. Okay. Dignitas. No, I don't think that team will be facing sauce, man. 100 Thieves. I don't think Dignitas will be. No, it seems unlikely, doesn't it? Well, there were yeah. a bunch of uh, roster changes as well within North America for some of the teams that we've already mentioned. So I think we should probably crack on with some of those, to be honest. There was um, it, returning to TSM. I want to talk about this one first. Because we saw that TSM are going to be playing uh, and like trying to battle their way through the bracket. What? Who do they play against? Immortals. Sorry, Immortals. Mm -hmm. Immortal yeah, and now they've yeah. got they've got they've signed up with Brax. I didn't exactly know how to like. I don't know whether Brax is trialing or whether he's already joined or what. But he he is signed up with them, and Hayes has not been scrimming with them recently as well. Apparently, so it looks like the way forward is with Brax. What do you guys think about this role? People are so ex or this move, sorry. People are so excited for Brax to to be at the top of the scene, but I don't know. He's never really been there. 
so, so far. Speculation is what? Like he so speculation is that they are going to go through VCT with a six man roster and that the six man is Brax and it's mostly a trial, right? Right. For whether he can be on this fifth fifth or uh the actual fifth. Wait, is okay, Hayes is actually here. Cool. Yeah, Hayes is still say, he's still on there? the roster, oh but it's just gonna be a six man. It's I, the classic are we gonna replace someone or are we not? I, I think that Brax fits well in this team. I'm not gonna lie. Like even even if the like the rumors about it not being a a, a full time six man roster type deal, like even if that was not the case and it was really them trying to pursue a six man roster, I think Brax is perfect for this team. Why? Because they've always struggled to find a sentinel. Always, always, always. It's always been Hayes kind of relegated the role, but they never really tried to play that. That's why they started playing triple duelists. And then during challenges two, they're like, yeah, we still don't really want to play a Sentinel. Let's, let's try to play double smokes, double controller, maybe throw in some double initiation. Like we used to as well. You had some bros on sky. It was all over the place. Right. Yeah. And Brax as a six man playing a, a Sentinel swapping out with Hayes when they want a Sentinel on certain maps actually makes a lot of sense. Now that's not at all what's been rumored to be happening. So I don't know. I don't know how this is going to work at, at, at all, to be honest. Wait, wait, wait. What's, What's the rumor that's been happening? The rumor is that it's a trial, right? The typical we're gonna we're gonna figure this out and cut somebody at the end of it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I okay. I, th I thought you meant as to like what. Sorry, he, I just went something like further about what he'd be like... uh, playing. But but that is a really interesting question. What is Brax even going to be playing? Because I mean, towards the end of his time yeah. when he was playing for T One, he wasn't on Sentinel. He was playing Jet, and yeah. I thought or there no. was some internal thing where he didn't want to keep playing Sentinel for the team. But presumably for TSM, he's going to, because no one else would. I mean, no one else. You're yeah. not going to put Wardell on Sentinel. I mean, so that's just, <laughs> that's just that's not going to happen. Opping Killjoy. Opping Killjoy. It's the new flavor. I mean, no, Ball's definitely right. He does fit the team in that that is the role that they've needed. I just can't, I, I just can't get excited about this. Mm-hmm. I just can't. And Especially what I'm since I don't for, think Hayes was playing poorly either. No, Hayes was fine, though people have definitely yeah. recency biased him into being this. It, because of the very last time Go we around. saw him, he yeah. was playing yeah. really well. So you're right, but also crazy recency bias for Hayes <laughs> at the moment uh, that I'm seeing. But, but he is good. I just can't get excited about Brax joining this team. My hope, though, is that it's because... He's going to be, uh, maybe he'll be a crashies or food story where he just wasn't working in T1. It's more to do with the T1 system and their style at the time and how they were playing than it actually was his play. Yeah. And that being in a different team, he'll be able to succeed. Is that team the one who hasn't been able to find an identity for months and months and months and has seemed kind of lost? They try something new every just. I don't know. I don't know if that's the spot for him. Yeah. Also, just Brax as an individual player. I mean, he's been fine. Is this the, the move that will take TSM over the top and back into the top two, top three? I, I just don't... I, I think that there's just more hype behind Brax than is warranted in Valorant at this point. Um, I mean, every roster move, anytime a team drops a player... Is it Braxton AZK? I mean, I think he's just been rated so highly from that early era of the game, and it has carried over for so long. 
Um, and during the majority of the T1 run, he was just—he was good. He was fine. But I mean, there were portions where he wasn't even that good. But yeah, no, definitely, de no, definitely. There were there were t there was an era on Cipher where he was definitely just just quite. Poor. I mean, he was on. But uh, yeah, he was he, just so slow. And he got a lot better during his time at T1. And uh, yeah, I I think Brax doesn't strike me as the player that's going to help TSM fix their identity. And and that I think is the biggest problem with TSM. And so, even if Brax fits on the team nicely, I think they still have this problem of finding a style that works for them. And that, that's going to be a... I, I suppose it's easier when you have a Sentinel because you don't have to try and find a, a weird style that works. You can play something more default. But I think that even if Brax is a, a good fit for the team, TSM's issues weren't just that they didn't have a Sentinel player. They didn't have a system. They didn't have an identity. They didn't know what they wanted to do. They're, they've been throwing around the different IGL roles. They, they don't, I don't know. They don't know how they so, want to play the game right now. You, you guys are like the, this identity problem that TSM has had. I, I've always kind of been thinking of it more as like a, not necessarily motivation, but like a momentum and um, like how they gel together, their chemistry and whatnot. I feel like that, for Wardell and Sabrosa, to me, have always been super, super momentum-based, right? If they get down in a, in a, in a rut, they're probably going to stay there, right? They might have a round that'll bring them out, but without somebody to get them out and playing the best of the best that they can be, if they're not, TSM's not going to do well. To me, Brax is another one of those players who's very similar, right? He's somebody who, if he's popping, he's popping. And if his team is definitely, you know, hyped around him, he's going to go off. That's always been kind of the way that Brax is. He's very quiet, right? Reserved. And I feel like the same thing for Wardell and Sabrosa. Meanwhile, Hazed is on the other side. I think this guy is the guy that's hyping you guys up. The guy that is keeping you guys involved and motivated and, and playing at the top of the level. Uh, maybe not all the time. That's just the feeling I got from TSM. And without fixing that, I don't really see. That's why I'm like, the Sentinel stuff is all in the background, whatever. That's why Brax to me doesn't necessarily fix what I hope that TSM fixed before this. Mm. I mean, that kind of sounds to me as well, like you're sort of getting at um, their, I don't want to say in-game leading issues, but rather the lack of a natural IGL because it mm -hmm. has swapped around so many times for the team. And it's just, it's kind of stuck with Cutler, I think a bit by default for a while now because he's just, based on how the team operates in-game, he is the best man for the job in his role. Um, mm -hmm. but, but not having, you know, someone who, who is just the natural leader of the team who is going to, uh, you know, enter the team and want to do that, both sort of what you're getting at, like the mentality as well as also they strategy. Man. They need a hype man. That's all they need. Because <laughs> if you get Wardell and Sabrosa starting to frag out and get on fire, man, these guys will not stop. And they will just kill teams without it doesn't even matter what they're playing man like they just they'll just kill teams they'll just run over them yeah they they do have a lot of talent like crystallized at the top of that team like drone as well is very talented but also I, a quiet dude like, yeah i um i don't know i don't i, I don't know whether brax is going to be playing sentinel for them as well i i could see a world in which cutler moved to sentinel to to play like full-time IGL cypher kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And they tried to, I don't know, maybe put Drone back on the Sova like he had been doing previously, way back, and have Brax try and play like secondary duelist behind 
uh, behind Waddell. I think that could be something that works for them. Obviously, Sabrosa plays Oldman in basically every situation that I can see. I think that could be a, a possibility for them. I, I need to just see this team play. Like, I don't really have faith in them, but I do want them to succeed because I think the NA scene is worse for not having TSM at the top. The, the, the talent that somebody, especially like Waddell, has is mm-hmm. outrageous. Still, in my opinion, like a top three jet within North America, even though his team was, I don't even know, well, where were they? Maybe 15th or something recently? when it came to their, uh, their performance in previous Challengers Finals and Masters. So that's about right. Yeah. They, they, they still have extreme quality on that roster. Not, not to mention personality, man. We need them back there. Sure. <laughs> we need Wardell doing interviews, bro. Like, yeah. Oh, it's so good. All right. Well, the, <laughs> another team that we mentioned was NRG. And NRG, they have recently uh, changed out Shanks and they've added in Tex well and this was something that a lot of people were excited about i think why i just mentioned uh sorry avas just mentioned that shanks has gone over to rise with calypso too um what what are you thinking about this move energy were actually doing really well recently yeah i mean energy have stepped up massively in in honestly to some extent in all regards to the game individually you saw uh, daps was playing way better and it, it, you know, it took him a bit to get into the swing of things. But, the mechanical god. But he was looking like the mechanical god when we saw him last time. He was looking good. Um, but the team has just synergized so much more effectively. The utility actually has a purpose. The players are actually setting each other up uh, constantly and efficiently. Psalm was way better on Omen than he was on Duelist. He felt... It felt that he was a lot more comfortable in that role, and I think that his, some of his worst tendencies on duelists to sort of overextend himself had faded away naturally by just being in that role, and you just got to see him shine as an excellent aimer, and he was also good with the utility as well on an individual level. I was, I was and still am excited about this NRG roster. I think that in their last showing, if you are going to be critical of anyone on the team individually it would have been shanks there were a lot of rounds that actually did literally come down to him needing to find one kill or hit one shot and couldn't um and that's not to say he wasn't doing a good job because he definitely he had good maps as well and he had good moments but he wasn't showing up for them in very high pressure key situations what is that clip Texas is nasty, bro. Ridiculous. What is that? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I, I think Shanks just he wasn't he wasn't consistent enough for them at that level. Um and he I think in order for him to succeed at that level, he just needs to find that consistency. So instead they've gone uh in the route of picking up Tex, who had made a name for himself over the past couple of months when he started playing with Equinox and was just, there were like two tournaments in a row where he top fragged. I mean, essentially he top fragged literally every single map into Nerd Street tournaments, I think in a row for Equinox. He was just pounding every single game. He doesn't actually play Jet. Um, yeah, that's what I was gonna just, ask. Who, what does this team do for Jet moving forward? Cause I don't think Android has played a lot of Jet ever, right? As far as so that's like the one thing that's interesting, really interesting to me about this team is that there is no Jet player currently that has played yeah. a lot of well, Jet at all. Some did, and I would hope that they don't plan on putting him back on Jet because I think the roles that they had were really good. So I would yeah. hope that that is not the route they're going to be taking. Well, 
if I remember correctly, wasn't NRG the team that was just like jet dashing and planning planning bomb and yes. smoke every round? So it's kind of yes. like a useless role, anyways. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. Shanks every round on Haven, he was just dashing into the step yeah, bro box. Was. On Icebox, he was just dashing into Nest. And uh, who was it that tweeted? Some, I think it was maybe Brax or somebody tweeted like, "Why, why, what is the point of using Jet this way?" And it's also one of your best players too. So maybe yeah. they're just like, "Yeah, Jet's not that good overall." At this, point. I feel like that <laughs> is an interesting takeaway. If that is what they have taken away from that situation, <laughs> so. I'm just, that's my only concern. That's honestly my only concern because I agree with everything White said. I think Tex is an overall probably going to be more consistent candidate for them. And he's already fills pretty much all the same agents except for Jet. So it's really just how is, what is this team identity moving forward if they are just, if they have put like a piece of duct tape over the Jet agent in the agent select screen, like what is this team's <laughs> identity moving forward exactly? Yeah, I, I think that they have players that are, still in the process of development as well they they have a lot of players that i feel are still like growing into what they can be somebody like tex maybe hasn't shown everything that he can play so far he, the skill set that he's demonstrated is not specific to any one agent i don't think so i mean before he was playing duelist he was playing like sova and yeah yeah something yeah. else for, yeah. for previous teams so i mean he's definitely played a wide range of agents yeah i mean just good pickup good player only thing that is a you know, the, the question mark is him and Android on Duelist have the same agent pool. Um, and also, I mean, maybe if they do run the SOM on Jet, I mean, to, to be fair to him as well, when he was playing Jet, that was when he had just switched over and it was the first showings from NRG. So he certainly could have improved on that role uh, a lot since. So, you know, maybe they do throw him on Jet and he's just an overall better player now at Valorant the game and he'll be able to fill it. So that's possible as well, but. Yeah, well, we'll see. I'm excited about this team, to be honest, because I, I've been really enjoying watching Tex and was disappointed when Equinox died. But you just knew that Tex was going somewhere because he, he had that level of talent. So yeah, the, this is this is really cool. Who did NRG match up against in the bracket? Someone remind Exit. me. Oh, right. yeah. That's a good Oof. game. Yeah, that That's should a be a really good game. Um, but one reminder about NRG, they were the only team to take a map off of phase other than Sentinels in that entire like whole... Yeah phase schmegan type that's thing true. like nrg outside of sentinels yeah that's pretty impressive uh another team within north america that has made changes is dignitas and someone needs to help dignitas yeah <laughs> they, no they need they help. need jesus no they they need a talent scout they need help they have made so many moves at this point it just it never ends and it, it's always I don't know. It's like they, they get a hit and a miss, and then I don't, I don't know what... Uh, they made another move today, by the way, I think. Oh, really? I'm pretty sure they got rid of Ryan. Oh, really? And they got someone Wait, else. what? They got rid of Ryan already today. I think I saw what? that. Here, I'm going to check. Maybe I had a I'm fever looking. dream yeah, before check. I woke up. I was just I'm dreaming about Dignitas, but I'm pretty sure that happened. I, yeah, I mean, I was confused when they added Rara and Ryan because I thought Rara looked fantastic, but Ryan looked so... Lumpy, when uh, when I was watching. This is not. I mean, Dignitas. I don't see it on their Twitter, by the way. I don't see any moves. Or I saw yeah, it. I don't know. It was like a rumor, or I just for some reason had this dream that they 
we're getting rid of Ryan in my sleep, <laughs> but I swear that I saw it somewhere. Um, maybe you can find it, Kurt. Uh, I don't know if yeah, it was on I'll Reddit or Twitter or I don't know. Maybe their I'm, interns are making all the decisions here. Maybe it's just, you know, we knew the infamous Dignitas intern scandal. Maybe they just have some talent interns as well that are doing all these moves as well. Yeah, I mean, they've just made so many moves and it's a bit frustrating because they are one of the teams that... I feel should be at least within like the top 12, like around 12th to 11th, I think is a pretty reasonable spot for them. Oh yeah, here so, it is actually. Uh, see, I wasn't, oh. <laughs> wasn't no. the fever dream. Dignitas minus, minus Ryan plus Baby J for stage okay. two challenges. Oh, that's right. Yeah, this yeah, is, I did see that actually. This is Baby people looking J. at the um, looking at the signup page yeah. and seeing who they've signed. I mean, isn't, so, it, I mean, isn't it just also possible that they haven't, put ryan on the page yet i don't know what maybe ma but yeah, fuck knows but yeah who knows at this point? i actually don't know baby j either at all so listen i all is this a i mean the story of this pickup is kind of funny as well they got 13 owed by a, an unsigned team that koala noob was on he went like 17 and 4 against them and then they just signed him <laughs> like sure <laughs> sounds also, good i mean <laughs> They got 13 owed by... Yeah, by a tier three team. Yeah, by easy five. Right. And then they just signed the guy who dunked on them. Oh! I mean, this, this team has actually been... Or I don't even know if this... I, there's the players on that team I keep seeing on different teams that are like doing decently well. I don't even know if it's the same team at this point. I don't know what's happening. But I see them doing pretty well um, in like the tier two. But the 13 0 dig... I don't think that signing the, the jet of the team that 13 owed you is just going to instantly fix the problems you were having. I mean, you and then clearly also, got some massive problems if you're losing 13-0 to any team that's like, yeah, that's not going to win a tournament. You're Dignitas. You can't yeah, but what is the signal to, the, to their guys? Like, they've already been signaling like, oh, we don't care necessarily like how, you know, your longevity or anything like that. So... I don't know if I'm Dignitas, I'm feeling, or if I'm a player on Dignitas, I'm feeling some type of way about how quickly and how expendable we are. Yeah. Um, clearly also, they're making a push. Someone won 13 in that game. So that definitely feels very reactionary. Yeah, it does. I, I mean, who's even making the decisions That's here the for thing. Dignitas? I don't, I, they, they really have not made that many good moves. <laughs> they, they have made some. I think Rara -Ra was a good move. Rara -Ra yeah, awesome. Rara -Ra was a good move. And Maka was a good move. Maka yeah. was looking really good for a while. Maka's he's kind of cooled good. off a little bit in the recent tournaments, but he was looking really oh, I good. I forgot this is the team that dropped Superman, man. That guy was so good. Uh, yeah, I mean, they dropped... Yeah, they dropped Superman. They they got Odorous. That yeah, didn't work out. They Odorous dropped him. And they got Rara and Ryan. Ryan or Rara looks good. Ryan just... I don't think he's ready. I mean, Dignitas, in, again, and Maya should be competing with, like, the top 12 teams. At least, at least, at least, like the top 16 teams in NA. I don't think Ryan is, uh, he hasn't shown to me to be at that level Oh, he's level pretty fresh, yet. right? Y yeah. Like in terms of CS to Valorant transition. I, I believe fresh. so. Well, we can mm -hmm. check right now. Um, if you want to check his, like when his earliest tournament was, Kurt. Yeah, he I just don't. Just the 50 more is. Yeah, December. So, I mean, he's been around for a little bit, but... I just don't think he's at the level that I want Dignitas to be at right now. Um, maybe he'll get there, but it looks like they want to just fix things immediately. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't think... I, I think they need, I, they need help with the decisions that they're making. 
They really need help. And this I, random I, yeah. signing, or not even signing, I guess he's on trial of Koala Noob. It's, I don't know, man. It's, it's too all over the place. It's too sporadic. Putting it doesn't some, look like there's thought behind it. They're just doing yeah. things. Putting Sam on due list ever was a bad decision, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, Back when they very first did that, I thought that it was a terrible decision. I think that they have wasted that guy's talent, to be honest. Like, he's not a duelist player. He's a, he's a smart player. You want him on a role that's to do with the flow of the game, not to do with the entrying and the fragging. That doesn't make any sense. When he was playing, yeah, when he was playing Sova, his utility was excellent. He looked and pretty he was, good, yeah. Yeah, he was good on, on that role. But, but Maka's, I think Maka was better. Like, Maka's peak has been better than Sam's, so I'm yeah, fine maybe. with them keeping Maka and making these replacements. But they don't have a vision. This is a team that's just flying by the seat of their pants. Yeah, exactly. Feels like yeah. just kind of pick it up. ride and, and just collecting whatever they can, and then yeah. whatever happens, happens. Well, I mean, well, it could be a, in a situation for them where they just don't have the personnel in place, or they're feeling mm-hmm. like, or maybe Valorant is like a very long term thing for them, where like they're not long, they're not looking for any immediate goals, but rather they're trying to find replacing players. Well, I think for them in their case, it's more of like since they're not attached to their current results right they're mm-hmm. not necessarily too attached they're willing to trade people in and out pretty frequently just to find something that works that they think will work longer term you know and obviously that's pretty short term like thinking still because you can't just throw different pieces together especially if you just get 13 owed by this jet player and throw it in and be like okay maybe this will work right because you have to give it time to gel but i do How's think that that, that that could be a situation i mean yeah. Imagine 13-0-ing a team uh, and then coming in and being like, yo, what's up, guys? I'm your new teammate. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, so kind of, that's kind of Chad territory, honestly. Not going <laughs> to lie, that's kind of a Chad move, but it's like a really feels bad I mean, for Dita whoever gets signed the whole kicked. team. <laughs> yeah. They should have just signed EZ5, they really. Just signed every- well, the thing is, there's re- there are pieces in there you definitely want to keep, like, Maca specifically, I think, is like a piece that is worth being held on to. Yeah. So, I mean, it, who knows? It, honestly, Dignitas reminds me of where NRG was not that long ago. Where yeah, like that's a good they're point. extremely lost. They don't have an identity. They have players doing different roles that may not necessarily fit them. And eventually you just rotate enough to where you will find the core that you want. And I think that's where we're at in the game currently, as I choke on like air. <laughs> was that <laughs> I'm choking on air here? Was that uh Sometimes you do have to swap stuff around, especially if you don't really have a, if you're not super committed to these set of players necessarily. Um, and, and I don't necessarily think that's always good, right? But I feel like it's where Dignitas is at and why they're willing to just blow up the roster and, and give Koala Noob the, the Bugatti and kick off Som or whatever, you know, like just because they 13 owed him in a single BO1. Like that's just probably where they're at. Yeah. It is funny though, isn't it? <laughs> it is just, it is, yeah. It's just, yeah, it's just silly. Yeah, I mean, it's they just, just a yeah. bit wild. I, I always get, I think what what frustrates me about these teams always is what you're getting at, the lack of a vision. They need someone behind the wheel of the car that yeah. knows where the destination is. It is Peepo Steer right now, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, really. I mean, if you're, <laughs> <laughs> it really is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, fucking koala noob yeah sure that'll do it <laughs> all right let's let's take a look at the european bracket because like avast was saying earlier on there's a bunch of games that are happening in europe that aren't being streamed europe has also already begun and there's also some cool team comps being used stuff as well now the team comp aspect though is always funky because teams are playing against like much much lower level opponents so 
we've definitely seen people just roll <laughs> and play. Don't forget, we we watched Phase play Yoru on Split like multiple yeah. times in their open qualifier games. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I I don't want to take too much away from the agent selection, but there's some interesting stuff going on, like Liquid trying and just scream playing Phoenix and uh and the Jampy Sky and Sage Jet. stuff that team which was odd like What's no right? one expected jampy to be playing jet for liquid it, like over scream which i think was like the really defining point even though we malted over this pre-show but like everyone's like it's in a meta even though this is like this has ballista like written all over it this particular comp but yeah. you know well let's take a look at the bracket and look at some good games as well because these games are i mean these are not going to be broadcast like absolutely not. i mean this top bracket mm -hmm. is just nutty yeah so that um yeah we've got vitality playing against g2 in the round of 32 which we that, won't get to see no won't get to see it but that should be that actually could be a good game uh vitality have made some moves that we'll get into in a little bit but then the the winner of that is probably going to end up playing against ballista and ballista have made a rostered move as well because bad eg was supposed to be going to excel and ended up not going to excel so now he's playing with a fifth so now they're playing with a different fifth but either way, that top side of the bracket is really interesting. And uh, I, I'm just really, I'm intrigued to see what G2 do going towards the future. Because after losing First Strike, they felt incentivized to make a massive roster move and really like try and, and get something, get a different direction for the team. And yet it's not worked. And mm. after losing this Masters, not even qualifying for it, they they haven't had the same reaction it seems like they're they're just continuing to try and make it work by changing stuff up i don't know pretty interesting though what's what's the what's the next big match is going down there who does ascend play against anyone decent ascend is not looking like they're gonna play anyone good i mean by giants the way just yeah giants the, and the heat play against the way we look at this bracket is one more look right because this is i don't know why valor or why they have it this way in the first place it's like qualify like open qualifiers and it's a play-in and then it's the playoffs like, yeah. or it's the playoffs and then a play-in even though it's just one big bracket in the first place so look at this and look at the next one too so g2 ascent is a possibility for qualifying oh right yeah because for an actual spot oh okay. yes now why, in the turn, why do they yeah. do it like this why is this a thing? Know. Why don't they just why don't they just write the full bracket out? How would you if you've qualified for the play-in, but then you still have to play against the next team? You haven't what? What? What, you don't like that? I don't know. This is stupid. Know. You've just arbitrarily cut the bracket in half and gone, ah yes, you have qualified for the next round. <laughs> it's it it more digestible. It's like paragraphs, Josh. Dude, it's and, like why you, you have get that paragraph. Different nomenclature to open qualifier and then qualifier playoffs. But the play, play in is ins. not part of the playoffs. <laughs> are the yes. Of course. Who, yeah. Who came up with this? Mm. Did it fix it? Anyhow, fix it. Ascend anyway. versus G2. So yeah, Ascend G2 would That's be really cool. That's a That'd huge cool. game. Because Ascend as well, even though they just won Masters, I think there's like a bit of a sentiment that they were on a real heater individually too. Um they, they they should still be favored against G2, to be honest. But if their players cool off at all, you could see a bit of a dip in performance from that team, more so than some other teams like your FPX or your NIP or Heretics. It's yeah. only yeah. been two weeks. 
Like it's, yeah, it's yeah. not been that long since Masters compared to like First Strike to now. Yeah. So I don't see that being a thing. I think they're they're coming out swinging. The one thing though is that we're playing on the new patch, which Ascend has not been able to practice because they were playing preparing for well as long as G two, right? Because G two. But once again, I don't think this. I personally don't think this patch is going to affect. Well, you forget much. about Astra. I think oh, Astra. Like, That's true. There's Astra. They've been playing for with Astra for G two has been possibly playing with Astra and whatever all that stuff for two weeks more than Ascend. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. That, very that, true that could be true. cool i um, can i can see a world where g2 do win and then the narrative becomes that it was just like a one-off miracle run from ascend but in reality even in the game the g2 <laughs> lost to diffuse they did have that genius ascent map oh yeah and if they, they can if they can work things out on the other maps i think they they absolutely could beat ascend um yeah even, i think even, even in a world where both teams are playing well they could beat ascend yeah, I, I it's, think it's possible. Yeah, depending yeah depending on where the map pools go and whether or not G two were able to uh, bring the level that we saw them on ascent on other Into maps. the rest of their maps. Yeah. yeah. All right. What's what's the next stage of the bracket? Huh? We got. I think uh, wave and IP. Oh, lasagna fits. beam. Let's go. Lasagna, lasagna beam. <laughs> That's, That's amazing. Yeah, I, I think uh, we've been keeping an eye on NIP, right? And NIP is going to play wave. And that's a potentially Where the interesting match. <laughs> you keep taking it. Dude, like the why do you keep, can, can we just go there's down nothing, the bracket? There's nothing that interesting. There's nothing that interesting in this You're one. You're skipping bracks no, in the bracket, the man. It's I mean, I guess me... there's Guild Liquid. My yeah. brain, man. There's Guild Kurt, Liquid. Take I, us I back didn't to the see top. any games that were that interesting between there, but I guess there's Guild Liquid, so fine. Fine. Yeah, yeah. Guild Liquid is is a huge game, actually. That's enormous. Like guild, guild against like Movistar and Animal, maybe they'll get tested a bit because both of those teams are actually pretty decent. But you're expecting this to end up being Guild Liquid, and that's that a, is a great game. Th that's another stacked bracket. It I is mean, Liquid are going to play against Saw first as well. Yeah. Um, presumably, and then playing against Guild. Yeah, I mean that's uh, a huge game. Round of sixteen becomes potentially OG versus Liquid or Guild as well. Yeah. Mm. So that's that's pretty cool. That is that is pretty cool. Yeah. I would oh, like I, to see I, Team Liquid have I, success. Sorry, I just realized what the differentiations are because if you make it to play-ins, you get to play later on. Like you get put in the open qualifier bracket later on uh, in the next stages. So that's uh, the differentiation. Okay. Anyways, right, right. Okay. there again. is a reason. There is a reason. We're just uninformed, yeah. raging morons. Just ignorant, just ignorant, ignorant to the truth. Just the facts. backwoods <laughs> hicks. That's us. Right. What is the what's the next stage of the bracket then? Have we finally got to the part where Avast was yeah. delighted? Okay, to... go ahead, Avast. <laughs> I mean NIP wave, NIP wave, simply because I'm I still want to see NIP fix the issues they had, essentially. Like, cause I was down on NIP uh heading in uh previously for Masters, and I was I felt vindicated. But I feel like NIP they have like a very solid core there and like a very interesting idea and concept of how they want to run their comps. And Wave has been pretty good, you know? So it's kind of the test to see if NIP is actually going to, if that was more of just them having a rough tournament or if they actually are in a slump. And yeah, maybe, yeah. Their, maybe their style of play is not necessarily the best. They're a very aggressive team as well for a team like NIP to deal with. That's, I think that's going to be an interesting stylistic matchup too. Like the... the almost zero duelist comps that NIP run. They don't yeah. run them on every map, but they do run them on multiple maps versus such an aggressive style of a team like Wave. That should be a really fun game to watch. 
And then would the winner of that bracket play against Alliance? Um, How that matches up? Oh, Fanatic's in that bracket. Yeah, I mean, it really is. Let's, I'm not even going yeah, to pretend to figure out. All I know is, if you go down, uh, Fanatic and Alliance are in the same bracket. Yeah. I mean, this is... Uh, and also, Honk is a low-key decent team, too. Mm. Um, they, they have... I think Fnatic have been a bit shaky recently. And I do think that there's potential, unless Fnatic have, you know, really... Fnatic are the kind of team, by the way, that I think could take control of, like, Astra and do really cool shit with her. Um, but if, they ha if they're still looking a little shaky like they have done before, that game against Honk could be close. Never mind the game against Alliance, yeah. I mean, Fnatic... Can you click on Fnatic, Kurt? They did just drop a map to some team mm. at... Team Queso just they, they have lost a map to them. Yeah. They destroyed Don't them on sleep blind. On the and then, queso, bro. I mean, if you want to look at some weird comps again, Boaster was playing Cipher. Yeah, on Icebox. Okay. And Shaq was playing Sova. That is I mean, very strange. Yeah. All right. They're doing some interesting things. Um. I mean, I I hope Fnatic can. Uh, Again, let's not read too much of the comps. Let's not yeah. read too much. Exactly, yeah. exactly. This is probably Boaster like, oh, okay, it's open qualifiers. Let's let's pull out the random comp that we never really get a chance to try in officials, you know? Because yeah, you know yeah, he they... has like 15,000 composition <laughs> ideas. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they might be doing stuff like that. What's what's the next one then? So Alliance would be playing against Fnatic potentially here. That could be a cool game. And at the final end, we've got Team Finest, who Baddy G is playing for. Oh, this is actually really cool. So... Um, you've got you've got heretics in the same bracket as Entropic, which always seems to happen. That Entropic team is really good, and they always run into heretics and end <laughs> up getting boomed. It's really unfortunate. But yeah. it, well, actually, they beat them previously, didn't they? they? They actually that was the team that beat heretics in the Bo One before. Was it? I think so. Wasn't it? Isn't mm. that? Yeah, they beat them in that Bo One. Oh yeah. And and this was where people were like, oh, heretics aren't oh, good yeah, anymore. I forgot about yeah, that. this team was like, I actually really enjoyed watching oh, Taimu yeah, in this game the, too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Taimu's right, such right. a creative player in Valorant. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to watch Entropic. The, the rematch against Heretics will be interesting. They're not favored to win though. Heretics are uh, absolutely elite tier. But here's here's the other storyline that I wanted to pitch for you for this bottom area is that. So we all remember Baddy G from Ballista, right? The just Chad-level uh, Phoenix that was playing with them. So he got an offer to join XL, which is that new team being formed in Europe that David P was playing for. Yeah. So you got David P and Baddy G, which I think would have been an amazing uh, duo. But they actually ended up not going with him, with Baddy G. And so Baddy G wasn't able to rejoin Ballista because they'd already got a fifth. And so Baddy G instead has been on a temporary loan to Team Finest, which means Finest is going to be playing with Baddy G against XL, the team that chose not to pick up Baddy G. <laughs> so there's like this, I don't know, there's like a really yeah, cool opportunity a for, a, uh, for a bit of revenge, I guess. Mm. Potentially. But that, that round is already hard for XL. Like, they're playing against Ricks. Like, that team yes. made yeah. it to Challengers 3. They beat I think they were the ones who took out Liquid, right? In Challengers yeah, they, 3. They, yeah, they took out Liquid and they took a map off Ascend as well. That is another, there are a lot of stacked brackets in this, or stacked sections of this EU bracket. Yeah, yeah. Also, wild. though, I like that now that we've seen Europe a bit more recently, you can identify the group yes. tier 2 teams a bit more. 
Right, because previously yeah. it felt like just wading into a quagmire where you're just like, well, I don't fucking know. There's no vods of anything. Now are you supposed to tell who's any good? But at least now, yeah, I feel like there's, it's a bit easier to be able to tell like who the dangerous and exciting tier two teams are that could potentially upset people. It's like compared to what we just did with NA, we're like stopping on every single point of the bracket. Now, EU feels like it is. Well, to be fair, we're a little more advanced. We're in the round of 64 here where we just started. But still, it feels like we're actually able to represent how stacked it is in terms of the teams that we're talking about. Because it is so top-heavy in EU compared to other regions. Like, there are so many good teams. We missed FBX in the bracket completely. Oh, yeah, but they don't <laughs> play. They're not They're in the gonna... side with NIP and Wave, potentially. So, like... Oh, okay. That would be really fun. Yeah, an FPX NIP rematch mm. going. Oh, rematch! Not even a rematch. No, just, just a, a match we wanted to see. Yeah, straight up match. Yeah, that that'd be pretty awesome. Um, I I wanted to take a little bit of a tangent here to talk about that team XL though, because they just mm. announced their starting roster. Um, it's a team that's been building for a while in Europe. Like I said, they were going to sign Buddy G. Apparently, they've already announced David P. And they picked up a bunch of other players too. And most notably, David P being their like core central player formerly from G2. But the the rest of their roster has now been announced. I don't know whether you can bring it up, Kurt, because I can't remember for the life of me off the top of my head who the <laughs> players are. But this happy. Yeah, this is the the main point is that uh I think Buddy G didn't get picked up because they went for Happy instead, who's previously been playing for Giants but ended up getting benched and they brought in Fitzinho. So that's a big name. I feel like people overlook how big of a name that is from CS that's just playing in the, in the not even tier one European scene. Yeah, I mean, it looked like, well, tier one for a bit. It looked like around first strike year that he was, yeah, he, he was really showing up. He was a solid player yeah. for Prodigy, yeah. Um, and we just never got to see what happened with Giants. That's what I was going to... I forgot who were in the bracket <laughs> with Giants earlier. But Giants just set up to not be seen by anyone again. Yeah. We've never seen this new Giants roster play. No, we They've never been on stream. So, we, I mean, we have no idea what happened with Happy in that roster. I don't... What is the story? I don't know. Yeah, we, we don't know. Not a clue. Yeah, this, this roster, though, is intriguing. It has some people that I have no idea where they're from, mm -hmm. what what their history is, how good they are. And then they have some big names as well. Like, for example, David P and Happy. Um, I don't know what to expect from this team. I, I really Was there a given no reason, by the way, that has anyone know why Happy was chosen over Batty G? Or is it just turn out that way of like, oh, Batty G is not on this roster anymore? Like, we don't know what the reason why they chose Happy. No, and I think happy. it's a speculation whether they chose, like, whether it was specifically Happy, the reason that they didn't yeah. Well, I yeah. mean, it was, it probably was, because looking at what, looking through what, you know, their other players have, normal, well, I guess it could be, like, what, Allie or Ale. I don't know if it's Ale or Allie. At, at the end of the day, he got, they chose somebody over him, right? Yeah. At the sure, end of the day, sure. one of those four guys. But to was, me, it's like just looking on the outside, though, it's obviously we'll, we'll have to see how this team performs because there generally is there's generally a reason why like a player is chosen over a different player. But uh, Batty G seemed like a really big rising talent within EU, you know, like someone that could just dominate a game for you. 
Like his mechanical skill was legitimately off the charts with Ballista. Like what he could achieve was was insane. So it seems kind of interesting to me when you look at a bunch of players that haven't had the same level of success yet. And like the most equivalent is like Happy, who still has not had like a very good career in tier one compared to even Batty G. Why Batty G would be off this roster. So, you know, it's just an interesting move from the outside looking in. Who knows why, right? Could just be they perform better with some other player that they chose, right? They did scrims and like this player performed better. You never know. It's just odd to me when you see how good Batty G was on Ballista for him not to be on this roster if he was rumored to go there. I think one of the things that people value a lot is always experience, whether the chemistry is there or whatever, but experience is highly, highly valued, especially if you don't have somebody on the team at all, right? You kind of need a vet, um, somebody who's played high-level CS, somebody who's played land, somebody who's really been there um, in the trenches for years, because that allows development of of some really good good players. So, yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting decision. I think that this roster is going to be basically brand new or, or like yeah. completely fresh in terms of expectations. I, I, I don't expect too much out of them, at least in this first, first go around for sure. But even past that, I don't know. I, I just haven't seen these guys play together. I don't see any connections between yeah. them. Like, you don't you know? expect them to even beat Ricks at the beginning. I mean, that's a is, pretty tough I think. first round opponent. Yeah, that, yeah. that is so. just a hard opponent. If they do beat Ricks, then that's I think. That's pretty impressive. Can, if yeah, they you, can, even, if, even if they beat Ricks and then go on to lose, I think that's still a yeah, good sign. Yeah, yep. that gives you some excitement about the roster moving forwards. They, they've obviously got decent players, though. Very well then. That is uh, that is the wrap up of uh, of Europe. I think that was. Oh no, sorry. There is one more thing as well. Team Vitality. Oh, okay, I'm just gonna. By the way, just gonna butt in. There's a huge piece of news that just popped up. Oh yeah. Uh, as news. according to Def, as sources say, Dignitas have decided to move out of Valorant for the time being. An unfortunate set of circumstances at the start of this roster. They're gone. They're just gone. So, so now it makes they sense. They just people steered themselves off a cliff. They, they literally people steered themselves off the cliff. And now, now Dignitas' kill. Where were you when Dignitas' kill? I was on Watchout Doing the podcast. Good time. <laughs> Doing the podcast. Good time. Great timing. Thank you, Dignitas, for yeah. not releasing that like in an there hour There we go. So Dignitas is gone. They, they, for, they performed a C9 in CSGO, but for Valorant, and they're, they're gone. I mean, this is... I mean, this is what we were talking about earlier, though. They don't have a vision. I don't think there was anyone behind the wheel. The car was just fucking going 100 miles an hour, and it has gone off the cliff. No one was driving. There was just... I mean, the, okay, so Def... All right, they're going to keep competing. I mean, I'm glad that they're going to keep I mean, the, the player, team, there's talent on the squad, you know? Def there's was players really... that they can definitely have a good career, especially... Like, I'm surprised that they're not even holding on to contracts. At all, even it sounds like it sounds like they're not even going to hold on to contracts potentially. It really move? does feel I mean, like they mess. just don't have a clue what they're doing. I mean, yeah, it just feels like they don't have a clue. The, the NA Valorant scene is is popping off right now. If you can get a team that performs at any kind of decent level, the viewership return is pretty enormous. But they they've just completely failed. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they have just completely failed. They've made several bad roster moves and now. Yeah, this, I mean, with what has happened in the past couple of weeks, it's just chaos. Def, Def Rara and Maka, though, are good players. Like, Def has yeah. been really good for a long time. Yeah. He's been under the radar because of their performances lacking since Pop Flash, but he has been a really good Sentinel. He has, yeah. I've, I've always been impressed by him. So I wish them all the best finding new homes. Hopefully they can be better than 
Dignitas. Like, hopefully they can find more success apart than they did together. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, yeah. It's honestly kind of funny that... that uh, well, it's not funny. I mean, obviously they're they're playing together because they don't have any other options. So, like, because they had they want to play VCT. It's not like Dignitas yeah. leaves and they're like, all right, screw you guys, I'm out. It does tell you that they were trying to make something happen. And honestly, it kind of feels like some of the players might have been making decisions and roster changes anyways. <laughs> you yeah, know, because... Yeah. They had no clue that this, this was coming, and there still was changes literally a couple of days ago in terms of who they're going to play with. Right, so, exactly. Um, yeah, the, that does imply I, the changes came from the players. I think it's a little scary to me that uh, or like Dignitas, who you know they're 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 pretty up there, are already saying like, oh yeah, maybe it's because they don't know what they're doing, maybe because they don't have anybody who's really helping them. But why aren't they finding somebody? And is it because like? I don't know the, the 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 values of things are skyrocketing so much that Dig is like, yeah, well, we're gonna chill for a bit and then come back when when something is going on because this is a whole big org with with money leaving very early, much earlier than I would have expected. This is to me, it's very strange and and worrying. Yeah, Dig are a weird org though. All of my interactions with Dignitas, or like when I watch them in other scenes, they. I don't know. They don't seem to operate like other organizations do. They feel very old school. Like they <laughs> don't want to shell out big buckets of money and have a very professional structure. Maybe that's well, just haven't they haven't they shelled out big buckets for, for like league? Yeah, but that's pretty the sure only, they have. The only, I guess it's league, so that's fair. Yeah. I don't know fair. what their reputation is like within league. I don't follow the same. Mm -hmm. That right, is well, really weird. That is unfortunate for the players. Yeah. Too. I mean, yeah. also. Fucking Koala Noob leaves his team 13 owes them to get the <laughs> paycheck and they get dropped right away. Oh my I, god. Governor, can I come back to Easy 5, please? <laughs> <laughs> please let me back. Oh, I mean, that is so It is so tragic for all yeah. parties that involved, is except for whoever was behind the mess. I mean, there yeah. was uh, just poor managerial skills of this team mm. have just let it off a cliff. Yeah. But I hope they can still pull something out and at least have a decent showing in the tournament. That is really odd. Okay, well, the only other piece of roster move that we had was Vitality. Vitality, oh, hello. This is actually, they've just tweeted this, like, right now then, apparently. Okay. One of our it two. never ends. What is this? Wait, what? No oh, I forgot. Players. They have a women's team, don't they? Yeah, yeah it's just saying that they're yeah. keeping the, the women's team and they love the game and we're, we're going to try to support initiatives in the future. And they don't list Koala, Koala Bear there, of course, because I don't think it was actually officially <laughs> signed. So, yeah. Solemn, Def, Rara, Ryan, and Maka. Just a okay. good thank you. At least they didn't just dip without saying anything. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, like some other, some other orgs. Uh, like some other teams. Yeah. This is odd. Very odd. Well, all right. I don't know. Dignitas strike me as a strange... Any team that calls their, their women's team Dignitas female... Is I mean, well, it, that was that was a that like they talked about that they they said that they were not set on what the tag was uh, and they didn't really provide anything. So news orgs and whatever put their put the female tag instead. It wasn't them. Oh, so what? Dignitas just called their team Dignitas or something. Mm -hmm. right, yeah, okay. Sapphire tweeted about it. She said we hadn't really thought of or or come up with a tagline for it, but they think they were leaning towards the colors like other teams were doing. Right, right. Mm. Okay, I see. I see. Um, right. Vitality, the last piece of roster news, is that this team, th this 
Yeah, they've they've got rid of Fekiu and Machina, Machina, whatever, and added Jesmond and Loki. I I only saw Vi so Vitality are another team a bit like Giants, where they did well at the beginning, and then they as soon as they dipped off, they stopped being able to get to the point where their games are broadcast. So <laughs> yeah. you can't tell what went wrong. You know, like they, they drop out of brackets too early before the casters and the observers are there. So you can't even tell what the problem has been. Um, when I watched them when they were doing well, it was they were playing very aggressively, swinging constantly, trying to take as many angels as possible, pushing, always breach flashing aggressively. Like it felt like a honeymoon period of just a team that wanted to play as aggro as possible. Um, but yeah, these are these are two players that have had pretty decent success within the scene, or at least have shown promise. Jesmond was uh, on Nolpenki, probably some other teams before that as well, uh, and looked fairly decent. And Loki's been playing with Linstitute. Yeah. And um, Loki was extraordinarily impressive when I was watching him. But also the kind of player that just was like walking down mid on split and just trying to take aim jewels as much as humanly possible. So... I don't know how sustainable that is, but in terms of the skill, very, very skilled player. Yeah, don't really have much to add. I, I think. Yeah, I mean, we I'm, haven't seen this team so yeah. in a while. <laughs> yeah, the Loki signing is interesting, though. I think that's the one, at least for me, that's the one I'll have my eye on if they ever, if they make it deep enough to be streamed. Um, that is the player I'm interested in being on the team. Yep. Well, there we go. Roster news over. Dim. Done with. 20k tournament summer championship announced by NSG mm. and the qualifier for it happened recently right and i yeah. think uh, cloud9 oh, yes. cloud9 came away with it did anybody watch the qualifier no one did actually we couldn't. not a soul <laughs> no one it, did yeah given... i watched it on valor.gg like that was as far yeah. as i could go uh, we'll see up numbers changing scores updating an interesting result though cloud9 winning and anbox made it really deep could you bring the bracket up current I have to refresh my memory on it. But yeah, there weren't any tier any one squads in this event because of the previous restrictions, but there were like yeah. very solid like tier two to tier maybe 1.5 type of teams in here with Anbox and C9 and Renegades and stuff. So oh, it oh was... Um, that's game changers. Oh, that's the game changers. That's the game changers, which also happened, but I'm assuming we're going to talk about that what, after. Yeah. What was the name so. of this tournament? It was like the... March Monthly. Oh, the March monthly. Yes, so they just, the NRG March monthly. It's it's really odd. So what did they do? So NSG always run a monthly tournament, but this one just also happened to give qualification spots for their summer championship. Is that the way this works? Well, remember the winter championship. It's just basically they're doing the same same thing. All the open qual tournaments that they run pretty much every weekend feed into their monthlies, and their monthlies right. feed into their their seasonal uh, right, you know, right. shebangs. Okay. But if you had qualified for challengers, you were not allowed to play in this. Is that correct? It was yep. top eight, right? I don't know. Top eight <laughs> I don't was know what the rule right? was. Yeah, top eight was challengers. So yes. So wait, I if you so if you qualified for masters, like old masters, yeah, old masters, you weren't allowed to play. God, this <laughs> format is gonna give me a hemorrhoid when I fucking think about this. Like, <laughs> it just it's so hard. No, to it, it was just challengers. It was challengers three because koala knew koala. Uh, Cookie or you know, Donka Donka Lucas. Yeah, <laughs> they are were restricted from this tournament. Right. Okay. Yeah. So don't understand what that rule fucking does. We've already talked about that before. All but... I know is Cloud Nine Blue won. 
Inbox came in second, which is pretty impressive, actually. Mm. That I was surprised to see that. How they did it, don't know. Wait, but they they ran a little Astra. Wait, Inbox qualified for a Challengers, All right? So maybe that. No, it was. Did. Oh God, I, I, we. We can't, we can't go down this stop, rabbit stop, hole. Stop, we have to stop now. Explode. We have stop. to stop now well, or we'll also, be talking about formats and rulings. Neither of those teams that were in the finals for... played Astra and teams <laughs> were playing Astra in this tournament. So... Yeah, and Box were running the Astra a bit, which yeah. was interesting. Also, this 20... Th talking about the weird rules, just for one more moment. <laughs> <laughs> the oh, announcement no. for the 20K tournament specifically says that... Let me get this right. I think it said oh, teams that are in Masters, uh -huh. like new Masters, you know, like actually make it to Reykjavik yes. and other shit, can't play in the 20K okay. tournament. And this 20K tournament was labeled as a mid-tier tournament. So I think the 10Ks are like open tier, okay. 20K, mid-tier, and Masters is top tier or something, however they want to label it. And I think that the top tier can't compete in the ones below them. And like the mid tier can't compete. But we don't them. know. But we don't know that yet. But I'm going to have to consult just, the runes to figure out what no the There's just no transparency at all. There's no transparency no. whatsoever about how they're trying to set up the scene. There's also no large amount of third-party tournaments either. That I mean, they say, ah, oh, yes, this is part of our mid-tier circuit. <laughs> what circuit? <laughs> like, everything at the moment is just run by Riot, apart from the NSG tournaments that run every month. There's, it's not like there's a, a huge amount of even time for a bunch of different no. tournaments to be run. So, I don't know. The entire thing is very weird. What tournament, too? Because, again, we didn't watch it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, we didn't, so, get, to see didn't, watch it. didn't like, get to see it. Some interesting uh, so things, unlucky. though, to speculate about. But not really, but I don't know. Cloud9 won. Leaf was playing Duelist now. Mm -hmm. And that's a thing. Yeah. Astra. We're playing in Boxing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. What, as far as it how, goes. That's how did as they, far uh, as the, the discussion goes. How, how did they use the Astra? What, what kind of strats did they. Yeah, set well, up? What, what, how were they setting it up? What sort of they combos? You know? They got kills. I don't know. Like, oh, they got some kills. <laughs> The next, the next thing on the list, next thing on the docket is Game Changers, because that was actually yeah. the reason that this tournament wasn't broadcast, right? Is because they were broadcasting Game Changers at mm. the time. Oh, okay. I think. I, that I, makes sense. I at least think that's the reason. Probably, um, yeah. yeah, and Cloud9 White. I mean, to say they won is a bit of an understatement, isn't it? Didn't they plow the competition? Yeah, um, I don't think they, they didn't drop a single map. In but there, there so. were some really close games. Like the, the game against mm -hmm. Moon Raccoons was really close on both mm. maps. Um, the finals, they not map as close. Also, like... upper bracket uh, advantage where they got a free map. Right, right. So yeah. that's never going to be close as we had seen in all of the uh, stage one okay. upper brackets. That's just kind of... I don't know. You always end up seeing a 3-0 in those finals, to be honest. That's just kind of always how it goes. Actually, but. something interesting, too, was that CLG Red, this team that was in the grand finals, this team was just formed for this tournament, essentially. It had just existed for this tournament. So CLG Red mm. is actually a, pretty much a brand new team, I believe. Um, yeah. Yeah. And they had existed a little bit, like, a little bit short over time compared to, like, the TSM squad and uh, even Moon Raccoon's Black and things like that, so... Is that what they've called them? Moon Raccoons Black? Yeah, they're Moon Raccoons Black. Yeah. Wow. That's, the, that's, the that's, that's, that's very thematic. I'm imagining <laughs> the Moon Raccoons, but then the dark side of the moon. <laughs> that's, that's, that's where the Moon Raccoons Black live. 
That was pretty good. But yeah, if you were to watch any game from this, uh, the upper bracket final is definitely the best series. There's two, mm. two very close maps. But I mean, at the moment, also, if you just want to watch Katie drop like 35 and then 29. Uh, so that's was, exciting. Was that the final? No, it was in the, it was oh, in that in the upper, upper in the, in the final? ultra close upper bracket final. That game she was, was good. thirty five kills on the first map and twenty nine and eleven on the second map. That's crazy. And it was like down to the wire as well. Um, I mean, yeah, there's definitely just a there 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 still exists a skill diff between C nine White and the other teams in this tournament at the moment. That was very it was definitely evident. Um, but a lot of, I mean, those maps being so close, even with KD and just God mode, definitely a lot of promise with some of these teams and players. Um, like cool. the, the duelist Sun, Moon, Raccoon's Black, uh, Diana was really good. Um, yeah, so very cool. And, and it also, it's going to be interesting to see these tournaments continue and where the teams in them, I think, play out in the overall scope of the scene. Because like, mm -hmm. we've seen C9 White be in the like, tier 2, tier 2.5 kind of space in the NA scene overall. Like, they've beaten teams like Renegades and E United and, like, th those caliber teams yeah, they can yeah. get wins against. Um, and as these game changers continue to go on, it'll be cool to see the teams like Moon Raccoons Black or CLG that come up, and then, you know, if they can get to that level of C9 White eventually, as the circuit continues, then how they'll play out in the overall scope of the scene. I mean, as is, that is like the goal of game changers existing. Yes. Is, yeah, yeah. You know, giving more players an opportunity to uh, grow in that scene and then, you know, expand uh, and flourish in, in the wider scene. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, it was, it was cool. Some good games. And I think it's just, uh, yeah, it's good, good for the future. Excited to see where some of these players and teams end up. I think one of the cool things about C9 White too is that this is like the first time they really fully execute this six woman roster idea, right? Because uh, they still have Jazzy Kin. She she took a break during uh, VCT Challengers the first go around and they brought in Katie. Katie was basically playing full time. And this tournament, Jazzy Kins came back, popped off in some of the games, but whenever they wanted to play double duelist, they were, they were subbing uh, Jazzy Kins in for, I believe, Alexis, um, which just, you know, it's the same type of model that Heretics was using. And I think a lot of other teams are going to be trying. Maybe we'll see TSM doing that in this first uh, Challengers 1. Yeah, Who yeah. knows? Who knows? It's a framework that appears to be working in Valorant. Um, there was also a thread recently on the Valorant competitive subreddit. There was, uh, it had a wonderful clickbait title. I can't remember exactly what it was. It was something like... Um, uh, I'll tell you, what are the benefits to all female teams in leagues slash esports, you know? Yeah, yeah, or yeah. To all female leagues slash teams in esports. Which I love those kind of threads because they're normally made by morons. <laughs> and then this one is actually someone just explaining, like, why yeah. it's beneficial. <laughs> it's actually, yeah, it's an excellent bait title. It is a and great then, bait title. You expect pretty... to open it. And just get someone oh, molding. Yeah, yeah. Someone just... who's just like, we're fucking women in my game, you know? And instead, <laughs> it was actually a pretty articulate, nice description of why these kind of things are, 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 are important. Yeah. So um, I think rather than us go through the entire topic, because it's something that we talked about previously on the show as well, it's, mm -hmm. uh, it's just a, a cool thing to go and check out if you're interested, is this, uh, this thread that was posted onto the Competitive Valorant subreddit. Yeah. Is uh, yeah, just kind of detailing why 
it's beneficial to the scene to have a separate um, fleshed out women's system and not just including it all in the same group. Yeah, definitely worth it. Also, this had to be one of the most, like probably in my time in esports, I have to say this first Game Changers was probably like the best iteration of women's competition I've seen so far. Like I actually am pretty excited about that circuit moving forward because it's not going to be some sort of like, it doesn't feel like it's an afterthought. It feels like it's, just a second part of the system you know it's literally just one and the same so i feel like it's actually going to be a very interesting tournament and you know initiative moving forward because it doesn't feel like you're watching something that's divorced from valorant esports you feel like something that's just part of valorant esports and it's like a very it's a much better feel in production and just and even the competition i think is going to get better too as we as it moves along as well and the competition was already relatively solid for like the first event so I thought it was actually a super good tournament. And the, for the stories first one. and the banter, it was so good. It was like, yeah. it was really, really fun to keep track of and, and, and watch some of those games as well. Um, I hope it continues. And I, I honestly hope that we eventually even make, I think that the idea of this is also eventually to make it a feeder into the actual, like get these girls teams playing in the actual like challengers finals types of situations, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe that, maybe I misread into that whole announcement part i don't think it's like that now of course but it's a 50k tournament and yeah, it yeah. was really successful viewership was good Every, orgs were all talking about it people from esports industry outside of valorant were talking about it um i think to be honest this might be the first like dev supported uh thing like this compared yeah. to some of the other times where it's like well no not dev supported but like dev run uh, yeah. whereas other times it's like hey hey dreamhack please run a run a run a woman only tournament type thing you know yeah were they were they playing this on the new patch or rather not on the new yeah patch, astro but astro, astro was being astro played astro. but i don't yeah. know if it was the bucky patch though it was not no, no it's not yeah. even yeah. out yet that isn't out yet i wanted yeah. to talk a little bit about astro though because uh it what what are we expecting to see with astro coming into the game i know that when we had asana on for back chat recently he said that they had been practicing against a lot of teams that were trying to run Astra in their run-up to the, the Masters gameplay. And a lot of the Tier 2 teams that they were trying to scrim against were running a lot of Astra. We've seen bits and bobs of it being played in, uh, I, I suppose, scene is the wrong word, but you can look at the match pages and see that people did play Astra during the <laughs> yep. NSG tournament and during the, the uh, challenges qualifiers so far for Europe. Um, what's what's the expectations of this? You guys watched presumably a little bit of it during game changes. I assume there were some teams playing Astra there. Yeah, C9 White was uh, was playing her pretty prolifically on Haven uh, a lot of times. I think that's the map that we're seeing most most of the time being picked. But in general, like overall, if you look at all the tournaments that have played and have Astra enabled, it's getting an eighteen percent pick rate, and that's mm. like pretty like globally in the EU qualifiers and in. Um, game changers in the monthly as well. Like I tried to look at those stats. So it's getting play across all maps as well. Like split, it's being played, ascent, it's being played. So yeah, I think we're gonna see it. We're gonna see it soon on like a prominent broadcast. And I think the big thing right now is the combinations of like the gravity well and uh, 
you know, paint shells or nano swarms. That's how C9 White was was using it a lot of times. Like they would get a smoke down, and obviously you want to be, you know, mollying your smoke so that people aren't running through them. But on top of that, they're also putting a gravity well. Um, and that's gotten them kills in a lot of in a lot of cases. So it's really cool. It's always been single controller. I haven't seen any type of time where they're they're running it double controller or anything like that. No, no fanatic styles or anything. Um I think the one thing that's hard is trying to use their conk um ability and i haven't quite seen that be used too much but the conditioning that you're allowed to get with astra is unbelievable the fact that you can put down the stars at the beginning of the round anywhere on the map uh just allows the same thing to happen and you can switch up and do mix-ups it's really really easy to uh to to run in my opinion well yeah. not easy but you can envision a nice game plan with it yeah yeah our flexibility is is that's the big thing i think that you that ball hit on there was that they she's pretty flexible with her smokes with being able to reposition stars and also there are the nice little micro combos you can get with with the suck with the gravity well so i do think there are and her ult is great i think her ult is like really really good and has like a it's there's relatively very few things that are bad about it so her kit seems like it'll it should have an 18 to 20 percent pick rate when we get to an a and start seeing this the upcoming challengers as well in my opinion because she's just seems like there's a lot of room to grow with her especially on certain maps yeah that's that is pretty cool actually i wanted to take a look as well at the agent pick rate for uh the recent masters tournaments kurt if you're able to that same screen that you brought up but for masters in, in north america and mm -hmm. europe because I think that there was a large discussion that we didn't get into last week about the about the meta overall and whether or not you need a jet. Is it a requirement? How many duelists do you need? But I think a good place to begin with that as well is just the agent pick rate data from Masters itself and looking at meta diversity. Sure. Because what I what I noticed from watching both NA and EU is that North America had this is the North American Masters here had much less diversity i mean there are five agents there that didn't get picked at all and i mean one of them brim sky viper these are agents that actually get picked pretty frequently over in europe when it comes to bind gameplay and you have a hundred percent of omen and sova it's and if you want to just look at ascend who won they love playing sky sure I mean, yeah 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 so but it's um it's very Obviously, there, there's the Astra, which can't get played, and Yoru, which is a throw pick. So you're not, <laughs> yeah. you're not really going to see those. But even the Phoenix has started to get played a little bit. And, and the Rainer is getting played way more in Europe as well. It feels like Europe is in a very experimental place right now when it comes to the meta. They're, not, they're, they're playing everything from zero duelists to... Uh, like double duelist and the sky and stuff yeah um, and like the double duelist being like jet and rainer on some of the teams too it's it's a very it's a very different direction that both of the regions seem to be going in europe really expanding its playbook whereas na seems to be narrowing it down yeah definitely i mean i think there was one of the the underlying stories of the first stage in EU were the upcoming aggressive teams, like this crop of tier two teams that we'd never really seen play, getting these upset wins all with a pretty aggressive style, running Sky, running Phoenix, and running in. And mm. They were really fast. Um, and I think that's kind of 
now inspired uh, a bit more of that Phoenix play in EU to be coming around. And, and yeah, the, the Reyna, I, I can't say I know where that has really come from, but that is just becoming more common. I mean, G2, they had Zeke playing Reyna. In yeah. the Red Bull. Yeah. Um, Kiles obviously plays a lot of Reyna for Ascend. Nuki and Nisau have yeah. both been playing a ton of Reyna as well. So it seems like, yeah, the... Almost like the more the game goes on, the more people are getting, people are learning how to get very consistent value from making info plays with Reyna yeah. and just pushing and just being able to, I don't know, feel really confident that they can push, take an angel and be able to escape um, and, and finding value from that. It's, I think people are learning also that there are even more tools available to them to set up their Reyna player for success. Like with the addition of Sky, even though with the addition of Sky and even like Breach which existed a while, like there, there's definitely, it's just sort of one of those swings. I think every game has like swings in meta, like at times, like even with like, since even with adding additional agents or, you know, a different, different characters, like every game generally has like a swing of meta, even games that don't have that, like even like traditional meat sports of sorts. If you're a basketball fan, there are always like, here we go swings and what is considered really good you know there is the era of i have huge dudes that sit under the basket and they stop anything from happening there's the era of the very athletic like point guard that all they do is they go in and they go for and they're able to get a lot done on the court in the paint there's the ones now we're sort of in the three-point shooter era in a lot of ways so there are always swings with everything and i feel like europe is sort of like they're in the middle of both recognizing there are some more ways to set up aggressive play with the addition of sky and also being like taking advantage of all the pressure that's been added in that utility but also it's probably just a swing in the mentality where the the tier one has been very much slower for a long time and all the upcoming players have been playing just a very different style and i think that's kind of just the cyclical movement of metas and really just about every game i think that we're pretty much still at a state right now where nobody has really figured out everything that can work like e any of these regions right yeah and i think eu and na went about it in different ways right eu really went full tactical cs like we want to use the the utility that the characters bring we want to use breach we want to use viper we want to try to in it like put all of this into a place where it can where it can work and then now they're realizing okay we can really start to put these guys in good positions with all that utility and these these reina picks they can go off on their own in some cases and really really do well meanwhile in na it was kind of the opposite right they tried at first because everybody you know messed around with breach and, and during the beta and whatnot and they're like okay well actually the duelists are really strong because there's these guys like shot up and stuff and and thief and these guys are really starting to just plow through everybody with with reina and so that kind of solidified that meta in, in na um, and now we're going backwards with Under Thief. We're going backwards on Icebox. We're starting to like, okay, actually we should be picking Sage, right? We should be picking Sage on a couple of these different maps rather than go crazy because TSM also showed us the three duelist thing, right? So it's kind of just, they're both, I think we're going to end up in the same place eventually, but we're going through this. I think both of these are going through a period of exploration, but just in opposite directions and we'll, we'll finish with an even field of everybody's actually figured out, okay, these these are the good comps, and this is a comp that's good against that, and this is a comp that's bad against this, and, and so on. Because I think EU has already gotten to that part where they're experimenting specifically counters and counter picks, right? 
I think FPX is an example. FPX used to run that bind, that bind Viper. They were the first team to actually do that, right? And then Fnatic comes in. That game, if you remember, FPX first strike for, uh, semifinals, they didn't pick their Viper. They didn't go for the yeah. mirror matchup. They went for a counter. And then they did it again against, what was it? Uh, was it Ascend in the semifinals? Yeah, Ascend in the semifinals. Yes. Of, uh, same thing. So these are starting to be picks where these guys are trying to counter what the traditional picks are from the other side. And that's where EU is. I don't think NA is there yet at all. I think that well, it'll certainly start to solidify very heavily once we get past Reykjavik. Once mm -hmm. all of the regions play against each other and people really realize how the styles clash, it seems likely there's going to be a winner. At the moment, you don't know who the winner is between extremely aggressive compositions, very slow utility compositions. A lot of people, though, will point to the success of Ascend in Europe to indicate that Europe has historically been wrong about their assertion that you can shut down Jet and Reyna players that are skilled with a huge amount of utility. You can, you can make it hard for them, sure, but I think what Ascend showcased is that when your players are popping, you can't really stop a Jet or a Reyna from getting that value. If they're, if they're hitting their shots, they have enough utility within the agent to be able to just run over you. And the amount of value that CNED got throughout that tournament, I think, has shifted and shaken things within Europe, where they have finally realized what NA's been talking about the whole time, that Jet is ridiculous. <laughs> if you have a player that is so much more skilled than the players they're playing against, they can do miraculous shit on the jet. And I think that also extends to Reyna too, because you saw people like Nookie doing very similar things yeah. with Heretics even had the same effect in my mind at the finals of First Strike 2 when they were started running. They were running Reyna back then as Yeah, well. they ran a bit of it then, yeah. So similar, but I think at this point, it's like twice now it's happened in the finals. Like, oh God, like this is actually the way. Um, so I think other teams in the EU will pick it up for sure. Yeah. What... Uh, what, what what do you think about the idea that you... A lot of the NA teams seem to believe, though. They, they like, take it to the other extreme, or it's like you need the Jet to win, that it's a requirement. But yeah, not having it is the reason we lost. Yeah, because yeah. I think that the, it is a reasonable argument to say that, like, the reason that, um, that Ascend were able to win is because the Jet empowered CNED to do ridiculous shit that, they, that other teams couldn't really punish him for. It's a bit of like an unpunishable agent. But do you think you need it? Like, do you agree with the NA teams that say you need to be playing a Jet right now? No, I don't think so. I, I think, to be honest, like the level of some of these Jets, yes, these guys are far and away better than others. But Jet is not the reason why those players are far and away better than others. I think it's just a, a reason why they can make that gap huge in specific individual matches. But it's not, CNET is not going to be bad if he plays a Phoenix, if he plays, you know, uh, anything else. If he plays Sage, for example. Or he's not going to be bad. Yes, his utility is not the same. He doesn't have the same amount of self-sustain, the dashing, the movement, the capabilities that, that Jet has. But he's still going to be CNET, you know? He's still going to be CNET. And if that can unlock other players too, then I think that's that's also somewhere you need to think about and i think ascend probably has like i'm not i'm not suggesting that cned go off and go play stage that's not what i'm saying i'm just saying that 
just like Shada playing Breach instead of Reyna, Shada's still Shada. Sure. I'm yeah. of the opinion that I think there I think you can win without Jet. I don't think you're necessarily if you're a top tier team, you might not lose without Jet, but I feel like you are definitely hampering your chances to win if you have a top tier Jet player and aren't playing Jet. It's sort of like the not you're like yes. it's not optimal. Yeah. That's that's how I feel. It's like That's how I feel as well. It's not required, but if you are not doing it and you have the capability to do so, you are actively hamstringing yourself. So is like, it are you actively hamstringing yourself if you have like if you if you're not developing a Jet player? I, I would say that if you don't have, I would say that's why I'm kind of worried about this new NRG squad in that, like, obviously they have a lot of mechanically gifted players with like Android and text, right? But neither traditionally played Jet. And I think if you don't have the ability to play Jet in your team to a top level, I think that is going to be an active hindrance to you. I don't think you're automatically going to lose. I don't think you're automatically going to drop out of the top tier, but I think it will prevent you from outright winning, like every, like outright winning tournaments if you don't have the ability to play jet at the top level i also think that there's an element to this where you have to be insane to get the same game-changing value out of jet like i i don't yeah. think i think if you were if you, oh, i mean that is just <laughs> i mean isn't it? yeah it's not that's doing, just he's stupid not, he's not doing that on phoenix no but but, but the, <laughs> if you have a team full of like decent players but you don't have a freak on your team then I don't think you should be trying to put one of those players on Jet just in the hopes that they pop off. But right. if you have someone on your team that is like Baby Bay or CNED but or then Tens, the question is, if I, you don't I, have a freak on your team and you're playing against a team with a freak, would the team with the freak win even if they weren't playing Jet? I, I don't You know think, what I mean? Yeah, but I don't think all the time. Like, if you have a freakishly good player, the, here's where I think the Jet comes into it. If you're a really, really excellent player, um, but you're playing... I'm going to use the example of Sage for, like, JD, for example. Sure. Like, JD is really talented. Um, but you're limited... You, no, not limited is the wrong word. You're able to be punished much more by utility because you don't have the get-out-of-jail-free card of a Jet or a Rainer where they can dismiss away or dash away and, and um, avoid utility, essentially. Yeah. When you're... When you're trying to stop somebody like CNED from getting value in, the, in these games, you saw all of these EU teams throwing shit tons of utility at him. And he's dodging it, he's jumping, he's flying, he's dropping off things, he's dashing behind them. And it's, it becomes really hard to pin him down and to actually set up an advantageous fight for you. Especially when he has the knives or like the shit he was doing with the op where he's like jump peeking with the op like the guy's ridiculous but i think the jet also stops him from being punished by utility and i think normally if you're playing against a like an amazing raise player or something even with raise even though it has the mobility you can you can put you can like use smokes or use mm -hmm. mollies or use we shock darts or recons or something to Pin them in a corner. We've seen Rays try to do what Jet does with the Rays op and then satchel away. It's yeah. not the same effect. It's it not, is the, not sa the same. It's not the same. But no. if you it's have not even the, the same jet. in like a uh, like a flash and dash situation at all. Like it's so slow and clunky. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Uh, and it just seems like the if you you can take way more risks. I think that that's what it comes down to. If you are a player that can get value out of taking risks. 
Like, they're not actually that risky for you because they often pay off. But then you don't get punished either. So you're like, it's got a pretty high likelihood of paying off. And you can't get punished for it, really, because you're on Jet or, or Rainer. It then becomes a massive... It just... It turns risky plays into percentage plays. Yeah. You should be going for them because they're no longer risky. And that, I think, is like the, the, yeah. the crux of the... The, the thing there. But I think you still can get value without the jet. It's just that it empowers such a different style of play. And it makes yeah. it very hard to counter. Uh, I wasn't really thinking about Baby Bay when I was talking about like CNET and stuff. Because I actually think that Baby Bay is one of those players that you want to always, always, always have on, on jet. Not because I think that he's just a bad player, but just because Baby Bay does things that even CNET isn't doing, you know? And, and not all of them are good. Some of them are just <laughs> some of them are what what's happening. But right, right, and that's that is the thing, sideshow. You're getting at this is that Jet's dash is unlike any other mobility in the game. Um, it's like a mix of being able to get deep, like Omen with TPs, uh, but with the speed and that Raze doesn't even have. Um, I think that in this game, because of abilities like that, and Jet's is far and away the best. Uh, you are inherently challenging space on a map in a different way than than people are really thinking of right so at the beginning of the round you have the barriers and jet instantly because you have jet gives you access past that barrier where you now have control and that's where baby bay is really really taking advantage of situations because they're creating this situation where teams are playing with less map control right at the right because they have jet right because baby bay has been threatening these ideas because he's conditioned their minds to be like okay he could actually be here instantly so we have to start our default from farther back right these are things that phase is doing to other teams that people aren't really considering and that jet specifically unlocks now i think my the the i, I changed the question here to is that necessary um yeah, is that something that you 100% have to be doing constantly? Are you specifically trying to put Raze in those positions where you're taking extra map control right at the start of the rounds just by virtue of having the character? I don't know. I'm not, I haven't really set my mind on where I am on that yet because well, I watch FaZe, it's really good, but then I watch a team like NIP and they are slow, methodical, able to get through this space no matter what anyways. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I don't think you need it. Like, I could have seen, I think there's a world that absolutely could have happened where FPX end up winning against Ascend or, you know, Heretics end up winning against Ascend. And the, the narrative is very different because even though the Jet got massive value during European, uh, during European Masters, uh, it, it didn't end up winning. Like, I, and the team that didn't have the Jet ends up coming out on top. The, you only need to change a couple of rounds in those games. Yeah, and one. As, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. When it comes to Heretics, just one round right. could have been different and they end up actually winning the tournament. And so, but I, I do think that when you watch CNED play, especially, and Baby Bay as well is a great example, you can just, you can tell that it, if they weren't using the Jet, if CNED was playing something else, that team would be fundamentally different. Fundamentally different. Whereas if, it, if Nookie's playing any agent, the team is roughly similar. Or if FPX sure. are playing a slightly different composition, the team is roughly similar. But if well, you would... remove CNED from the Jet or Baby Bay from the Jet, the team is going to play wildly differently and not as well. They're just not going to get the same value. Like if you take Shazam off the Jet... 
Mm. Is yeah, it, is it I the mean, same? they're a bit weird, right? Because you could see a world in which they could run a jetless comp with like tens just being before. Rainer too. I mean, they've yeah. done plenty. They have done jetless comps in the past and still found success. I mean, yeah. they had done duelistless comps in the past and found success. Yeah, I, I but, feel like uh, Sentinels is one of those teams that is playing jet but is not actually doing the stuff. Like they're not taking that extra space that I'm talking about, like CNET is and like like or like Baby yeah. Bay is. Shazam it, is except really... when Tens plays it. Tens yeah, Tens is one of those players. Tens does it like that. When Shazam was playing it, he was really just doing it in like the classic jet opera mm -hmm. style where he will, on Icebox A, he will be holding a more forward position on defense and then he will be dashing out and playing more passive angle. Um, I just sort of land in the same camp, I think, as you have asked, as to what you were saying earlier. I feel that if you have a player who is capable of playing jet but not only capable but will be enabled by jet's utility i don't think that there is a reason to not play her um and not necessarily all the time but at least on some of the maps where she's really good i think that then you should be playing her but do you need if the question is just do you need a jet to win or, or be the best team or would jet have made the difference if fpx were playing it um, I don't, I don't think that that is true. Um, mm -hmm. but does Let, let's let's get more interesting then. Let's let's say, for example, should a hundred thieves switch and play somebody play a jet rather than single single duelist race? The problem is that wasn't the problem with a hundred thieves. Yeah, I think that they were. I I don't think so, that that was the problem with the team. So um, the question then is no in basically all circumstances. It's just I think the two opinions, oh, basically all of our opinions is if you have a character, if you have a player that can play Jet at a high level, then you should be doing that yeah. in all circumstances, and you should probably be trying to develop one as well. Yeah, one hundred percent. And I also think that like it's because we've like at the end of the day, I would rather have someone. I would rather have a really good Jet player than a really good Raise player. Almost like currently in the current meta, I oh, feel yeah. like I would rather have that. Like that's just obviously it's map dependent a bit and how your team plays. But across the board, if I had to pick like a duelist player and what I'd prefer their agent pool to be, I would currently prefer to have a really good jet player like versus a really good raise player. Because I feel like it's far more flexible across a variety of different situations. And also we forget the fact that jet allows you to do things that well, we talked about a bit that no one, no other agent really can. A, you can opt more effectively with Jet than you can any other agent. Yeah. yeah and B, yeah. Jet is by far the best duelist for your economy because of the knives. Because there are certain rounds when you have knives, you just don't have to buy a gun, you know? And like, you're just able to for play around that. And so Jet is able to not only utilize the op better than anyone else, but also can be better for your economy and do things with the ult that no one else can too. If CNET so, has knives, literally, it's not an equal. Yeah, round. it's just, it's, it's overall <laughs> a better pick to have a better Jet player right now than it is to have a better Raze player. Which, even though I don't think, that's why, going back to your point, I don't think 100 Thieves would have won with Asuna on Jet. But imagine if Asuna was like a CNED tier Jet player, how much potentially, if that matchup could have been slightly different just because of what he could have done with the Jet that he couldn't do on Raze, you, you know? You can carry more. You can, you can yeah, just be you can do things carry. that you couldn't. Like, yeah. Exactly. Uh, it 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 also yeah in some teams i think it just fills fills over cracks in the team because you can just get away with shit <laughs> yeah you know? exactly and i, I mean, think yeah, that's always something that is really important but is at the same time it, it also leaves gaps too like because of how aggressive you have to be how aggressive these these jet players are playing that does leave gaps and i think that's what sentinels abused with against face 
right? It's yeah. like because you instantly have the possibility of, yeah, Baby May's going to ex- overextend at the beginning of the round, and he can't get back to his team as fast, right? That is a thing that the, that teams that run Jets have to compensate for, right? Yeah. Well, I... We now have the mold central up here <laughs> because we teased it last week. Yep. And we've got to get into it. And we're already, what, two hours into the podcast. Two and a two half. And a half. Well, also, do you want hour. another piece of breaking news, by the way? Oh, God. <laughs> what uh, we got? So we they, they, TSM confirmed that Brax is signed. So Brax is signed oh. to TSM. Oh, he's okay. properly signed they, to they just okay. Yeah, so he's signed as oh. the sixth member of TSM. They just put it out like 30 minutes ago. Sweet. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm right, just so. I'm just interested to see what they do. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So the the molding topic that we've got coming up is world power rankings, and I think that now is the perfect time to do these because Reykjavik is around the corner, and that's where we'll really know what the world rankings are. This is the the Reykjavik is your, the first time where you'll be able to put to le- together a real list of the top teams in the world. But it's also important to set expectations coming into Reykjavik too. And I think that that'll be harder right before the tournament because mm-hmm. you won't have just seen all of the teams play at max capacity. Like, for example, in... Uh, well, actually, I suppose you will do because we'll have challenges finals actually in all of yeah. the regions. But now seems like a good idea to, to kind of look forward and project before we get even close to see like what the community thoughts are, what our thoughts are before they just get boomed at Reykjavik and fucking <laughs> Japan wins or something. Yeah. So, <laughs> Absolute Jupiter, take it down. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> does Japan even have a spot? I don't I don't think they do, right, for Reykjavik? They know. have to, right? They have to because... Oh, no, it's part of Asian. It's... Is it part of Asia? Actually, does I think the they Asia? might... They might do they have, have, have the challenger spot? final sit thing where it's like the same thing as EU, we just completely ignore it because... <laughs> I, can't, I can't remember. <laughs> Not a clue. I can't remember. Anyway. I'll look it up, I'll look it up. Anyway, world power rankings. I believe that I think Kurt has been working on a fancy graphic. I think we got a we got a custom graphic. Will it will the curtain be lifted and I can see? Get that graphic up. All right. So before I show this, teams are in any specific order. I added oh. all of the teams that won masters in their respective region, but I didn't add Japan's crazy raccoons. So <laughs> if you're a fan of crazy <laughs> raccoons, they're missing from here. Everybody Come else is on. here. <laughs> poor, poor, crazy recruit. Right. Oh, look at it! The, Beautiful. The I mean, answer, what, by the way, is yes. This was, there is a Japan slot. What? Sorry, say that again. There, there is a Japan slot. Oh, right. Oh, okay. Comes yeah, from yeah. the Challenger Finals. If this was the real top ten, people would think we were smoking crack. <laughs> yeah, I mean, people, people be rioting in the streets over this one. I but mean, if is... we don't put like 100 Thieves, Sentinels, TS, like that kind of stuff, people are already going to be like, wait, what the heck? I thought it was on top. Yeah. Like... I think then first step is probably the way that I like to do par- the, the power rankings like this is in order to get my head in the right place, I like to just throw like the right teams in there, even if they're not mm-hmm. in the right order, and then okay. fix the order later. Well, the top three are obviously somewhere in the top 10. Sure. We have in there. Australs, well, should we should we start moving teams out of the top ten in order? Yeah, to Yeah, well, can we just like take them all out and just okay. start a X-10. new? Just take them all out, you know. Well, we'll take we X- take them all out. Take, take X ten out for now. Vision strikers can go. Yeah, yeah for now. I don't hear it. Australs can go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Gambit and footballist both need to leave as well. To be honest. Yeah. Uh, Good. I oh, think well, fade into the void. Oh, oh. <laughs> 
Maybe. Ah, well, yeah, Gamba we and football, as we can keep them yeah, out. These go. could be in there somewhere. I think leaving these five on there for now is okay. 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 Oh, very. How very do we want to do this? Do we want to start from bottom or do we want to start from top? I. I think we should start from the top. Starting from the bottom is really hard. Yeah, like if, quite hard. Well, can if I ask you who is on there first? Like, let's, let's get another five okay. on there. Sure. I FPX. Mean, yeah. Yeah. FPX looks FPX. sick. Um, I think... Game Landers should go on there, in my opinion. Yep. Game Landers. Yeah, definitely. Good idea. Um, um, I mean, <sighs> Brazil's kind of hard, put... actually, because to be honest, Furia and Sharks are both insanely good, too, but I. I think it's pretty reasonable to have Vikings and Gamelanders as the, the top two. I mean, who are, we, who are we talking about in terms of... I don't even know. Well, EU really does have just a top three right now. Uh, yeah, I'm looking... Guild, Defuse, and NIP. I'm like, oh man, these yeah, guys are going to be think somewhere I, up there. I don't think those teams would crack the top ten probably. In NA, though, it really is just Sentinels and FaZe right now. I mean, if yeah. you wanted to say, no, like, third best... Envy? Is Envy going to be a top 10 team worldwide? Maybe. I don't know if Envy could... will be a top 10. I honestly don't know if Envy would be a top 10 team world, you know? I'm I not don't... sure. Well, I don't the know. The thing is, there's going to be some teams that are like... On the cusp. On the cusp, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it very well may be one of the teams that we just pulled off that won one of the other regions. Ooh. I mean, it's possible. It we could just be. don't know because I haven't... Listen, I haven't watched X10. I don't know how good they are. The Thai team, X10. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. They could be good. I, what do you mean? Yeah, I haven't watched them. They could be better than, uh, I don't know, they could be like an eighth or something. They could be better than Envy. I've never watched them. I... Okay. What do you <laughs> the, the Southeast Asia teams frequently yeah. got beaten by the Korean teams when they were playing so against So maybe Vision Strikers are number one and we got it all wrong. <laughs> well, yeah, that, I mean, that's... I actually think, I mean, I actually Strikers think that be. we should put diffuse and furia on here i think well that's hot but i like it but let, let's order these guys first the ones we have on on let, let's order these guys up at the top yeah let's let's do that sure. then. Okay. okay 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 sure so because we know that our number one team is on the board right now because we can't even yes. think of like who else so we so what are you guys thinking for your number one team i want to go i want to start i think here with bala to be honest, because it was your idea to, to start ordering them. So <laughs> if you're I looking at the have... number one team in the world right now, who are your candidates and who are you leaning towards? Okay, okay. Okay, you give me some space here to, to waffle a little bit. I exactly. like that. I was yeah, going to go full send. Talk your way uh, through it. For me, Heretics, FPX, and Sentinels. Those are my, that's like my, where I'd be. I don't think Sentinels is top one. I think... It's this between heretics and FPX, and to me, I just put heretics up there just because, dude, they're so good. Um, they have flexibility. They they were messing around with the six man roster. Now it's gonna be solidified. They're gonna have time to really, really work at that, and they have motivation to work at that because they just lost in uh, in the other time um, against Ascent, but it was close. I I I was for a second. I was like, mm, I messed up. I didn't pick Ascent, but I still just haven't seen enough from them um over time because remember they were a challengers three team that made it all the way through um almost got eliminated completely so for me i, I have heretics at, at number one yeah i mean the the obvious the obvious counter argument that i know that people are going to say immediately if you said heretics are the best even if you said heretics are the best team in eu people are going to be like but they lost to but ascend lost. but 
I think that a lot of people, uh, I think a lot of people come from the point of view of um, games where they have like league systems or leaderboard systems or something like that. In, mm-hmm. I think that you have to think about things in a similar sense to like the CS:GO circuit, where if a team came second at every event in the world, they yep. would probably be the number one team even though they hadn't won anything because the level of constant, un- unless there was another team that was number one at everything, if, if, if the rest is changing all over the place, the consistency to be able to get really deep in tournaments over and over again and yeah. make it deep and have chances of winning is enough to make you the best team in the world sometimes. Like, you don't have to have won the, the tournament, literally. I think, I, I think I'm inclined to agree with Bala here. I... I want to see more from Ascend. Ascend had an insane showing in that tournament, but and and I think that they're incredibly prepared and they're absolutely in the elite tier of Europe. But considering how well Heretics played throughout the entire thing, their performance during first strike, and now being able to be in a position to repeat it here again, like Heretics are. We're gonna factor in so, first strike. What are we factoring no. in here? I don't think so. I think this should be like the last... It's I like think this should be just 2021. But I think my my point is that with a lot of the European teams, we actually didn't see very much of them in early 2021. Uh, yeah. so and Heretics saying, is yeah. one of those. I and know. so yeah. for them, I feel like it's like... Not to use first strike, I think. It's like... Yeah, the, yeah that was the last major tournament. Right? And it's it's not... It would be ridiculous to assume that they went from being on top of the world at first strike to being shit again and then back to being good. They were probably just great the entire time. It's just that we right. didn't get a chance to never watch them. to see them. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that. Especially given how good the top like in 10 in EU are. Because who's yeah. in 10th if, in this tournament? G2? Yeah, something like that. So, uh, that's kind of nutty. Um, Where are you looking at next? I will say I am a big European simp. Yeah, so I know what Josh is going to go with this. I will also, as someone that is the original Heretic simp as well, Team Heretic's number one seems like a no-brainer to me. I feel like they're just, well, not a no-brainer, but I think... I don't care. I think their game versus Ascend was so close and they're such a new team and Heretic has had such like pretty strong consistency and fundamentals that it seems hard to underrate Heretics as the number one, in my opinion. Yeah. The only stumble they had was Challenges 1 where they went out in a best yeah. of one and they just started their six-man roster thing where there was yeah. clear problems right after first strike. So. And they lost to Ascend, but they were dealing with CNED, who was currently on every form of methamphetamine possible, potentially, <laughs> and was literally cracked out of his mind. So, but beyond that, they didn't go. They didn't. They went straight out of groups, and they went straight out of groups in a good way. In uh, in Masters, like they yeah. stopped yeah, yeah. starting in Challengers yeah. too. They had no problems. Maybe yeah. they struggled a little bit in that one game versus uh, what was it, Chakalaka Laka or whatever. Yes, Chakalaka. <laughs> Yeah, they actually did. I mean, they were convinced that those guys were walling as well. I, 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 I know that this has only been like hinted at before, but the, 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 those players were so mad. <laughs> and I don't think they were. I think they just got in their own heads about it. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I'm okay with Heretics at number one. I think now it gets kind of tough, though, because you have to give mega credit to Ascend for beating every other eu team that would be on this list yep yes yeah they every other team from eu that could be on this list they have beaten uh in order to get into 
the whatever this is, top top two, top three. But here's why I wouldn't put them at number two. Okay. E- because even though Ascend, you could seriously make an argument that they should be number one right now as well. I think there's an even better argument for Sentinels being at number two. Uh, and I say that as the biggest EU Agreed. Sim. Agreed. Because Agreed. when we're talking about the whole of 2021, Sentinels, and partly this is because NA has afforded them more opportunities to do this, but it's also afforded them more... Op- so let me, let, me, let me go to the beginning of my point. Sentinels have just always been consistent throughout 2021. Every time they've been beaten, they've come back and beaten the team that's beaten them. Yeah. They rolled Masters. This version of Masters, they pooed on them. There is a clear gap between Sentinels and the second best team in North America right now. They are above the pack by a significant margin. And they've been the best team in North America since, I don't even know, August? Something like that, you could say. Uh, and, you know, there was a bit of... Ooh, are 100 Thieves the best team when it came to first strike? But when you look at it over a longer period of time, they've just mm-hmm. been the perennial top team. And the even though that is partly because the North American format, you play out all of the brackets, yeah. so they've had more of an opportunity to showcase that they are consistent and can always make it deep. They also have had more opportunities to fail as a result of that. Like they've, they've had more opportunities because the bracket's fully played out to have slip-ups, to have opportunities where they've, they've not made it to deep and to a finals and stuff like that. But they always have. The only team they haven't come back and beaten recently is Envy because they didn't get a chance to this time around. But Envy just... Yeah, and Envy... Flumped. Yeah, Envy flumped. So, to, to me, it feels <clears throat> harsh to have Ascend in third after they were the best team. Here's what I would... I just want to add it in there. Yeah. Because I think you have to. Where are Vikings in this conversation? Because they won Brazil. You rate the region. They beat Sharks at the, at the start, who might end up on this list when we yeah, go down yeah. to it. They could be near the 10th. Yeah, they could. Because um, they are a super legit team. They had beat Game Landers in a previous uh, in a tournament outside of uh, the stage one. They beat them in the finals. Vikings beat Sharks. Then they beat Payne. And then they just 3-0 game landers. Yeah. yeah so yeah. they've got to be somewhere in the conversation here at yeah. the top. I, they I, have to be. I mean, that is a, that's an impressive run. And to just dominate game landers in the final is yeah. not to be ignored. Um, I, so I, give, me, give me a brief on like, this team and their, their play style and, and whatnot. Because I, I'm not as familiar with Vikings as... You guys, I, mean, I think in a general likely. sense, Vikings are just one of the more well-rounded Brazilian teams. They know they're one of the teams that you could see in the in the game against Gamelanders. They have a great understanding of how to actually play against the style of that region. Um, they just had a they had a they had a hard read on Gamelanders and also the insane talent to be able to shut down MW, who might be the best player in the world, John, etc. I mean, they have just unreal yeah. players on that team in their own right with Sacy, Sadhawk. So yeah, to talk about like specifically the style of the team though as well. Most of the Brazilian teams I would say are powered by their duelists, but Vikings aren't really. No, they're, they're, they're powered not, by yeah. So they're more so they're, they're more like their, an NIP or FPX in, um, in Well, or? no, because they still play a really fast pace because everybody in Brazil plays a fast pace, but it's not like their duelists are taking over the game and getting all of their kills for them. The duelists are just making space and mostly the work is done by Sassy, who is their Sova player, and mm-hmm. 
I think quite a lot of the work, a, a, not all of the work, but a disproportionate amount of the work is done by their Sentinel player, Sadhak, as well, um, compared to how most of the other teams are structured, where it's like, like, for example, Gamelanders, it's MW and John are just like the be all and end all of whether that team succeeds. And then they have good supportive players to put MW and John in good positions. But Vikings yep. kind of works opposite, where the duelists are going out there and making space, and then the other guys are using really solid teamwork and excellent supportive player uh, skills to to close out the rounds. Um, so but they, I, very I hesitate, team, but I, I don't want to like because I haven't watched much Brazil. From what you guys are telling me and what other people are telling me, that's where I'm basing my opinion. So I don't really want to fully like add to this discussion other than to say like historically. Brazil in CS, and I don't know Overwatch history, but in 1.6 as well, Brazil has produced one or maybe two really, really, really good teams. Teams that will beat out, you know, the, the best of the best from other regions. And after that, not so much. So yeah. I hesitate to, to go throw Sharks up in there and even go throw Gamelanders if they're under Vikings all up in there just because of his history and that's how i'm kind of gauging like in between right what happens if heretics plays against sentinels because that's sure. all we really have to go off of since we haven't watched it and i do um, think that the the brazilian scene has um a really weird style like they aren't they don't have the largest depth of tempo that they play at and that kind of stuff they mm -hmm. have one way that they approach the game and it's pervasive throughout a lot of their teams and i don't really think that that is going to lead to massive long-term success unless they skill gap the other regions because i think that other teams like if i imagine them going up against a heretics or a sentinels or a fpx the more the teams that are very well-rounded extremely good at countering their opponents and playing around them i do think that they would figure out ways of being able to deal with that level of aggression and i'm not really sure whether brazil have another gear that they can go into um but i think that the vikings are one of the more well-rounded versions of them i would not be putting them in fourth place though i my fourth place team would be fpx i think that well so are, this is what we're settling on for top three. Oh, well I so mean, are we guarantee are we all agree <laughs> that ascend is three is that we're all agreeing here what who are the, who are the other options? Where would you where would you want? I mean, I, I mean, I would have I, I just would have potentially added like FPX, really. But, but I think, but I think See, at that point, if, but I I'm, think but I'm not arguing for FPX to go there. I'm just saying I'm playing that. Someone could have argued for FPX. I'm just well, saying like I agree that Ascend should be number three. I'm just arguing, I'm just wondering if we were done with that conversation. What I would say as well about Sentinels is how much I think that another perspective on the NA scene aside from. They have, the, aside from what you had gone at, which is their ability to come back from losses, figure teams out, and then just dominate them the next time and stay on top because of it, I think there is an argument to be made, and I think there will be people who make it, that the NA scene, compared to the EU scene, the top 10, not as hard-hitting right now. Oh, no, it isn't. NA's in a slump right like, now, Envy flumpled out. Yeah. They fled, yeah, and adding the, more and more syllables to this word. Well, that was a, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was an actual because you could kind of you can see envy flumpling. Right. Yes. Um, yeah. They had flumpled their way out. Um, Baze obviously just went on their run, which was, you know, it was one dimensional to an mm. extent, and they got figured out by Sentinels. Yeah. Um, 
and then obviously 100 Thieves were just, they, they were also in a flood. They were just lost. Yeah. So what, um, are, you, are you saying so, that uh, so Sentinel should I'm be saying, further down because their competition yeah, I'm isn't propo- I'm not necessarily saying that's what I believe. But Come on, guys! There's get something the, to argue. Like, let's make a, get some points out here because I see <laughs> no, a lot of people waffle. Like, no, no, no. Jesus. I'm just I'm presenting all sides here because I think that that's going to be <laughs> oh, that is going to be something that people say. And I'm not. I'm. I'm. So I'm proposing the question: Do we factor that in? Like, do we think no. that the NA scene is not as hard hitting as EU right now in the top ten? So Sentinels should not be as high because the competition wasn't really there. No one tested them they just walked over the competition or is it that they walked over the competition and we should be rating them highly i um, think i think they have been tested in the past it's just they adapted really heavily and then now they added tens like this roster with tens 100 like i would say if this roster did not currently have tens i don't think i necessarily put them number two but because they added really? ten, yeah i think so i because I, I feel like tens gives them that extra oomph to get, keep them elite. Because even if their competition might not be I, as high as Europe. I just haven't seen for as long where I'm like, yeah, for sure. Like, no, I think, I, really I, think t- I think the addition of, t- I think without 10s, I would have put Sentinels lower, but I think 10s gives them the ability to like, even if their their overall region strength is lower, it gives them enough firepower. And because they're so adaptable and their compositions are so flexible that I feel confident keeping them a number two because of their dominance in NA. I feel confident with all those factors. I, I'm actually, I'm the opposite. I feel like with tens, yes, tens is a god, and you guys have to forgive me because I didn't get to watch the Cloud Nine massacre that that he went on. But I've never thought that because he's on this team that gives them this extra edge. Uh, I think I'm going to need more time to be able to say that, right? Because mm-hmm. he's an, he's still a new figure. He's still like just because they played really well with him one time does not mean that that's going to necessarily continue. Um, yeah like, i think it's still yeah. gonna be high because it's sentinels because the core yeah. to me is really really freaking good yeah i the, rate the, the core is super high yeah i i think it's unacceptable to have sentinels in like fourth place yeah I would say, oh absolutely so i think we're only really saying whether it's second or third i'm trying to figure yeah. out how much i value the teams that they beat on the way because then when you compare them to ascend who beat every top eu team and if we put FPX in a fucking fourth, and they yeah. beat FPX and Heretics on the way yeah, to winning. Yeah, yeah. Well, then you have to here's rate way, that pretty highly. Here's a way that we can do this slightly better, or like, like maybe give us a bit more to chew on. Let's compare actual players, because one of the things that I see in EU is consistently, they have a deeper, like all five players are gods compared to NA, where not necessarily that's the case, right? For 100 mm-hmm. these, I don't necessarily believe that they have that five-man depth. Whereas Ascend or FBX, I feel like four of their players. And Heretics, five of their players are just really, really good. Um, So to me, I feel like Sentinels is the only team in NA that I rate more than three of their players as gods. Like, these guys are dominant. Yeah, yeah. I I think that Sentinels check all of the boxes. And it's not their fault that the rest of NA is slumping right now. That's that's what it comes down to to Uh, me. Yeah, I think that's fair. They are head and shoulders above all of the other teams in North America right now, and they've been consistently above the the other teams in NA for the whole of 2021 and two. So, I yeah, I'm I'm inclined to give them the the number two spot, but I think it would be reasonable to have them at three behind Ascend as well. I, agree. I think that it's obviously going to be 
jarring if you see the list and Ascend wins Europe and you rate like Europe really highly and yet they're at the number uh, three position. But I think that's only a factor of time. It's it only a factor yes. of time. It it's is. not if Ascend carries on doing what they did before, they would rise up. I mean, they would be at number one. If they get yeah, do it, yeah, yeah, absolutely. If they do it again I, in challenges yeah, finals for EU, they will literally be at the number one spot. They will climb up. But but they would, I mean, dial the clock back one month from now. They wouldn't have even been in the conversation for the top ten. No, they wouldn't. They literally wouldn't, wouldn't have, have made a graphic. No, I we mean, have a graphic for X ten. Yeah. <laughs> we wouldn't have that one percent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I. I'm I am comfortable with this top three. I, I just think that the yeah Sentinels and Ascend. I think the the difference between those two is really narrow. I mean, with Heretics as well at mm. one. To be fair, I think Heretics are they're at one. They're holding on to it, but it could slip. Yeah, this is so ridiculously close across the board that like it's yeah honestly could go any way. You know, like this is just how we feel. You know, for all the sure. angry redditors out here, this is I, very close. I do want to put Again. FPX next on the list, though, because mm, I don't you, know. Tell me why. Here's, here's why. <laughs> Tell me why. I think FPX looked like they were the best team in Europe coming into Masters or, or at the beginning of the, the Masters run. That is true. Extremely well-prepared team. A very, very good idea of how they want to play the game. They were really, really close to being able to beat Ascend and then continue to go on their run. Who knows who would have won between them and Heretics? It's incredibly hard to call at that point they're clearly in the elite of europe and yeah you can have questions about we didn't see them over the course of 2021 earlier on because they were still adding dimmer six so they didn't play in red bull home ground that kind of stuff um but th there is not a significant tier difference between heretics ascend and fpx there, there isn't a large tier difference they you you might have concerns about maybe them choking they've never been able to prove it and win a title or anything like that but i think that's why they're at number four right now rather than being higher that's that's not an argument to put them lower down the list they're at the bottom of their tier in europe yeah i think who would you replace them with wyatt if you were to know. place number I, four he My, wants to say vikings he wants to say vikings no, I, uh, maybe, but I actually don't think so. I think Vikings should be in fifth. Yeah, I don't think any of the Brazilian you know teams is? beat FPX. I, when, when I hear about FPX at this point, I get an emotional reaction. Mm. It clouds <laughs> my logical, valorant mind because I've just seen them come so close. And yeah. I've wanted it. I've wanted it for them. It always comes so close. It just it never happens. Yeah. They Here's always fall short. And it makes me sad especially when I predict them to win so many times <laughs> and it just never happens. They, they, so there's, there, there really is, though, something about their inability to get it done in the final hour that is... It is worrying. Worrying. I mean, at this point, it's and it is clouding worrying. my mind. But I do think they deserve to be in fourth. They did look, as you might say, unbelievable. <laughs> and... <laughs> You can feel the momentum building could, for Reykjavik. I could feel you can feel, <laughs> you can feel the <laughs> FPX momentum building for Reykjavik. I am comfortable with them at fourth, but it's it's an emotional, painful placement for me. Mm. I I think one thing with FPX and why this is so painful is that you've seen them fail and you've seen them not have opportunities to do what Sentinels did when they failed. Sentinels played against LG. They struggled. They played against Envy. They struggled, right? But they always came back and, and ended yeah. up looking so much better. FPX, we've never seen that opportunity. 
We have literally never seen them be able to stumble and then try again, right? Because they just breeze through in challengers to make it to masters in the first place. And then they get to the single elimination part and that's where they stumble yeah. against a team that everybody was probably going to stumble against too. Heretic stumbled against Ascent. Definitely, like, definitely. So I, I think it's slightly like uh, a thing of, yeah, the formats kind of made it so that they look worse than they are because all those other games, they looked fantastic against Defuse, against Guild. Like they looked really good. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. did. That is, a that is a great point. But yeah, I'm comfortable with them at fourth. Yeah, and then I do think the next logical place to go it has to be Vikings. Is is Vikings because we don't at that point have another great candidate. I mean, I'm also confident that if you team. look at all the other teams, Vikings would beat all the other teams. Yeah, I mean, I, I, they I, are just better than the rest of the teams. I think. Yes, I agree with that as well. But now, so I'm not really confident then, though, outside when we get outside of the top five, because I I think I mean. The next best team in North America is FaZe, and f fuck it, throw Envy on the list as well. Right? Yeah, I mean, you could throw Envy on that list. I would not put 100 Thieves Are we disrespecting no. Gen G by putting no. Envy on there? No, oh. I don't think we're disrespecting Gen G at all. No. By putting Envy on there? Gen G beat them? No. Gen G yeah. may have beaten them, but they them. had like... Uh, they went on I the mean, run. But the whole of it 2021, Gen yeah. G has not been a better team than Envy. Yeah, definitely. No, not. because they, they they were making moves and they were that that is the thing. Yeah, like yeah. they were making moves and still integrate. Like once uh, Kus had been integrated and they had more time with their coach MC, you can see the upwards trajectory. So yeah. maybe there's a possibility that they could end up on the low end of this list moving forward. But yeah, I, I do I do think Envy should be on there instead of Genji given that Envy were able to beat Sentinels in impressive fashion yes, and win yeah, the challenger. Yeah. Um, I don't think it would be crazy what? for Jinji to be better than Envy at this if when we get to the top 10, like it will eventually like to surpass them because I, if they continue their trajectory, their trajectory, I think they're, they might be a better team than Envy soon. Like, I think we're talking like, I think we're talking about teams that aren't even going to be on the top 10 here. I mean, in comparison to some of the guys possible. in the EU, like, like Guild, for example, I think showed like incredible, maybe, maybe results like, but yeah, Diffuse, there you go. That may be the team that I, that I wanted to say instead of Guild, but like, I feel like these guys looked so strong and actually went toe to toe of some of those top EU teams that were that were saying. I think that that region has bigger depth than NA in overall. It, it really does. What if right we now. what yeah. if we go ahead and eliminate some teams from the list? Um, teams we know aren't going to be top ten. Honestly, the only team I think that we should eliminate right now is probably Envy. Right. Yeah. I think the other. Yes. Well, he means from the from the list. No, of the from top. the bottom side. Yeah. Yeah, I was just going to eliminate like teams that who are, are not for on sure top 10, not going to be top them. 10 here. Yeah. Like, yeah, I for don't... sure, we would not put top 10. Like, well, I would not put 100 Thieves top 10 right now. Oh, you mean 100. from down there? Yeah, from down there, yeah, oh, because that from... way we, we, oh, okay. we don't have okay. to look yeah, at that's... all these names. We just but get I think them reasonable. out of there. It's also, we, we've basically got the top 10, I think, already, though. Only... You think so? I think so. The The team that I'm think that I'm going to bring up here, though, is NIP. Because if we're going to talk about Diffuse and Guild and that kind of stuff... Where, what the hell do we think about NIP? I mean, the, this is the problem. They, <laughs> they did beat, beat Ascend. That, yeah, they did. They did beat them. Yeah. And they beat G2 twice. Yep. So. They've looked reasonably good, but then also do, terrible at times. Not terrible, but just they've looked great at some moments. 
and then so lackluster at others. Yeah, you're right. Do we? Okay, I, I think Avast is. Uh, we should do. Think, we should do what Avast has, has mentioned. Yeah, we should, we should eliminate make, the teams that there's the just teams no way. For sure, we're not going to be, be in the conversation. Hundred thieves, anymore. no way. Yeah, get hundred thieves fucking out of there. No, no way, but we could just be ignorant. Genji, LG, no way. No way. LG, LG, no, no way. fucking way. Vision strikers, maybe. I think we could leave them. Yeah, maybe. leave them. G two. I want to put them so bad. G2 Just can't for the be. effect. New G2 turn, no. No, G2 can't world. be. They can't be right now. No. New turn, New turn definitely no. not. Force, no, no. no. X10 could be, but we're ignorant. Nah. Team Liquid, no. no. Gambit, Pain, definitely could not. Be. Could be because we're I didn't watch the, Gam the finals The thing Gambit. is, though, I don't... So, from what, from what I understand from talking to people who scrim within Europe, the top CIS teams of Gambit and Forza, and actually this applies to the top Turkish teams as well, are outside of the top 10 in, in Europe. Okay. Or, or at least, like, scraping the top 10 in Europe. So I would expect Gambit to be, you know, really competitive with teams like... Um, teams like Alliance, I guess. Yeah. Which I, I suppose isn't actually top 10. That's, like, top 7 or 6 or something. But, but you well, know, like, they're, they're not going to... Sure. I don't think that Gambit is going to make it into the top 10 of the world even though they just yeah. won the CIS. I, I'd, I'd actually, I'd agree with that take. Do we, um, do we also factor in like who's actually possible to get in here? Because <laughs> we're not going to have this many teams of EU going to Reykjavik. Uh, oh, that is no. Well, but the thing is, but we're not ranking list. it based off who's going to land, we're ranking it based off the top 10 teams okay. in the world, right? That's fair. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. We'll do the yeah. land one another time. I mean, the um, yeah, that would actually that be is a our thing to do. real preds for yeah, Reykjavik. We'll yeah, that'll happen. Um, but get yeah, rid of, we can get, get rid, rid of, of Gambit. Yeah, get rid of Gambit. Pain. Yeah, I get rid of football lists, Sharks, and Pain. I think the only Brazil team left is Fury. Sharks are in the discussion. I I'm really? They have to be. I'm sorry. They have to be in the discussion. Over Furia? Yes. Hmm. Well, okay. I think over Furia. Maybe. Just leave them both. There's not a lot of teams left. I guess that's no, fair, actually. I forgot that they had the, that really good game versus Vikings. It's true. The, and they beat, yeah. uh, they beat Game, game Landers. Landers that's they what I'm yeah. Which Furia could yeah. not do. Um, okay. From here. God. I mean, this is just... It's tough. I'm going to start from number 10. Where do, where do we think we're putting FaZe here? Do we think FaZe are better than Gamelanders, Diffuse, Guild, and Envy? Better than Envy, I think. You have to put them above Envy. Wait, who? Yes. Sorry? FaZe. Oh, FaZe, Because we have yes. FaZe at de facto 10, but I don't think they're right. going to end up at 10. No, FaZe are better than Envy. They're definitely better than Envy. Do we think they're better than Guild? Dude, I have <sighs> FaZe... Like, I want to keep putting FaZe even higher just because, in my mind, FaZe has such a shock value like he phase oh. is one of the teams that's like recently you'd never expect na to have like these surprise factors but phase is one of those teams that i'm just like yeah if they go up against a team that's not prepared who's never played against phase they're gonna struggle yeah but they yeah, just yeah. get but the thing is they do get rolled by teams with better with just a lot better so organization than them you know like yeah like sentinels but also we're talking about like I don't think FaZe would necessarily match up with any of the top five yeah. for sure, right? Because I feel like they're they're gonna be so maybe, structured. Maybe FPX they can maybe I don't know. FPX is so structured though, and they have really good players. But I could see them playing against Guild and Diffuse and maybe Gamelanders. Like I don't know. Yeah. Guild also has been a weird one for me because if you had told me if you had asked me a couple weeks ago, I would have definitely put Guild above FaZe. But Guild has kind of had some rough 
rough-ish results relatively recently. Like, they haven't looked as good to me. Yeah, I... I mean, Guild have had a weird 2021. Yeah. Think... As have FaZe. Actually, kind of similar... Well, to some extent, similar trajectory, where they were both starting pretty low at the beginning of the year and then ended up having good runs in uh, Masters at the very yeah. end. I think you would have to put Guild above Diffuse, though, on the basis that they beat them during Masters and generally speaking over the course of... Actually, I don't even know whether this is really fits our time constraints, but Guild have been the more notable team during the recent months, I think. Did have that one, the beginning of stage one, though. They were not good. No. They were yeah, they really weren't very struggling. good at the very beginning of stage one. But you could have said, thing. you could say the same about, about phase. phase. Yeah, that's, what, yeah, I, that's, that's what I mean. If yeah. you go back and watch, go, if you want to but hold experience on. pain, phase had more to go through than these guys. Don't forget, yeah, sure, they struggled at first, but then all they had to go through was a couple best of threes. Phase had to go through a double Elin bracket with best of threes as well. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, phase washed everyone but Sentinels. <laughs> Yes. There was no close game for them but Sen. And I suppose the one time, the one map against NRG. I, I, I feel like I'm being too EU biased to put FaZe underneath Guild and Diffuse, but I do believe that that's the case. I, I don't really. Yeah, I think that FaZe could beat them, and, but I think they would have to both catch them off guard and skill diff them again. I think again. FaZe would beat Diffuse for sure, in my opinion. Really? I think FaZe will be... Because I feel like it's a... Their styles are far closer comparatively to Guild's style. And I've definitely put the FaZe Smeag over the Diffuse Smeag at times. Like, in terms of the raw power and, like, the fragging potential that they have. Like, because Diffuse really was, like, a very, very aggressive team at times. Yeah. I... Hmm. I don't know where to. I think I just don't know where to rank phase. So murky. I'm. I'm. It really is. I'm still it's not so hard because. Do we bring out the coin? It's recent as well. There's not a lot of time. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm happy to put phase higher up because they have actually had good success within North America, but I am also not convinced that like they really deserve they a spot that high up. I think that they're in a honeymoon period. I think it'll chill out. I think they won't look as great as they have done previously. I think if they were playing on an international stage, they wouldn't look as good because there'd be better teams, more structured teams to to punish them. But when you weigh it on the evidence, they have actually achieved more than Guild and Diffuse this year. Yeah, the problem is, yeah. though, if you look at them for the same thing we were discussing about Sentinels and Ascend, yeah. the difference in who they were playing against, FaZe washed all of the NA teams that are slumping. They're, they really didn't have a high-level competition outside That's of Sentinels. That's they just and got also blown out roster, by. Well, I don't so find to be envy. nearly as deep Yeah, but as they didn't then envy... They and did they beat Envy. They beat, and that's the best team they beat was Envy, who were not. Well, I'm Envy, not. I'm not happy I, to be putting Envy on this list. Potentially, it feels like they yeah. almost shouldn't be, but they kind of just are by default. Still, yeah. Envy were definitely like they were on a ridiculous heater in challenges too. Yeah. It's just that they didn't manage to sustain that. Right. Twice. 
yeah i keep i keep thinking back to first strike man and <laughs> yeah 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 and me yeah. flumping out of there as well it just hurts me so bad oh man that's actually that's such a true because i truly don't put this phase roster on like the same even close to the same tier as like sentinels but i'm giving sentinels a pass because of how their depth and having tens and i just like because sure they beat NA teams when they're looking bad, but their roster overall and their depth looks so good. But FaZe does not look the same. FaZe looks like no. insanely one-dimensional at times. I okay. I actually strongly believe that um like FaZe is very good. And I think that they can they can turn into a team that will end up being like Sentinels, honestly. Flexible, able to accept against a lot of different teams. Um, but right now we have not yet seen proof that they will change. Or not, not, it's, it's not that they need change. It's that they need to be able to prove that they can beat teams who change against them, right? Which is Sentinels. Yeah, do they have a plan are B? going to be teams like FPX. Sentinels showed the blueprint. I said that last episode to how to beat FaZe. And other teams are going to pick that up very easily. And if they have not yet shown that they can change that, then I don't feel comfortable putting them higher up. Here's another question for you guys. Here you go. Which is... um. Do you think that FaZe would do you think FaZe would beat the Brazilian team? No. Like what level would do you think FaZe because FaZe love to opt into a similar style to the Brazilian teams actually. They love to they love to swing, they love to take yeah. duels, they love to try and skill diff their opponents. They play at a high tempo, they like to thrive in the chaos. I think that all, I think Brazil would actually love playing against a team like FaZe. They, I yeah. agree with that. It is, it is what they play against all the time. So, and the Brazilian players might be, despite these teams being on fifth and sixth right now, they might have players that are in like the number one through 10 spots in, in the world, like several players right, right. in that yeah. area. But the, so, so here's my question. If we're assuming that FaZe wouldn't be Gamelanders or Vikings, which I think is a very reasonable yeah. comparison, a uh, reasonable take. What about what about Furia and Shark? Sharks. Like, are we are we oh, saying that? Yeah. That's a good question. Because they, yeah. they the thing with Brazil is that it's hard to it's hard to slice a tier gap in the top four. It's like the top three of Europe. They're really tightly together. The, that's yeah. This is why I wanted to. Well, that's why I wanted to leave sharks on there. But it's 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 well, tough here. because well, it's let's... like I feel like there's something. If if you don't have these NA teams on the list, it feels like there's some sort of insane devaluing of their placements <laughs> in the scene. <laughs> yeah. But the scene was not in a good spot for this tournament. It, it was not like like in first strike there were uh, there was a lot more of a depth of teams like TSM were still really good at the time. Hundred Thieves were insane at the time. There were more teams playing at a high level than in this most recent NA tournament. So take, take history and look at look at how CS:GO has developed in NA and how how it's always been for Overwatch and stuff as well, right? Like what what would you say is like the amount of teams that would do do well? And you could actually just look at the gap to be honest between Sentinels. I mean, if we base it off of like the regional else. gap there, this would be a relatively fair distribution of like, you're not even close to the majority of the best teams in the top 10, and you're not even going to be necessarily at the top, but you have them in the list, you know? Yeah. That's sort of how it's always broken down. It's like, you might have one divergent in A team, but then the rest, like they won't compete for the top 
five to six spots, but they can definitely still be at the top. Three is too much for me. Yeah. So, I mean, the Um, most I would say is maybe you bump off Envy, keep phase, and add another Brazilian team. That's what I'm thinking. That's that was where my brain was going because the more I think about it, the, I don't think NIP deserves to be on this list. I think they still have something to prove before they get into the the top echelon of of Europe. They they're probably in the same tier as Guild and Diffuse, but they haven't actually shown enough good shit recently for me to feel confident about them. Vision Strikers, I don't have confidence in at the moment. I don't think they crack the top ten list, and so it becomes a case of. Fury and Sharks to me. Of like, yeah. who, who takes yeah. his 10th I'd spot. agree with that. I'd agree with Fury and Sharks being the last two remaining. And then it's a question of A, not only who's better, but if we don't think FaZe would beat these teams, would we think Guild or Diffuse would beat these teams? Um, I, don't, I don't know, mate. I actually don't know. <laughs> like, that is I really, think, that, that is here's so the thing tough. I think Brazil is so dangerous, but they're not going to be a force on the world stage because. Once you get to the caliber of teams that are going to be at, like, Reykjavik, for example, the elite of the elite, I'm talking Heretic, Sentinels, Ascend, FPX, you know, like, these, these absolute elite teams are going to be able to figure them out. But I think once you, once you get down to the caliber of teams like Guild and Diffuse and Envy, you know, for example, yeah. you're, those teams haven't completed their game yet. They're not the most... They're not going to be able to adapt their own style to counter their opponents as as easily. I don't think they've got the foundation in place. They've got some of it, but they don't have all of it yet. I, I think I could easily see a future where when it does get to the world stage, Brazil can come out swinging at first, then there will be a period where they get figured out, and then they have to develop yeah. this, the region's yeah. game I to be that's more well-rounded. And then they'll remain a top contending team because the individual talent is off the fucking charts. I mean, they genuinely, if you were to make a top 10 players list, there would probably be more players from Brazil than any region, I think. I think it's very possible. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Like, the, the talent is insane in the scene. Um, it's just, yeah, it's going to be about long-term how they, the teams actually develop um, in terms of the actual strategy. But right now... I mean, I'm, I'm okay with Game Landers at six, I think. I do think I would put them above Guild Phase and Diffuse. I think you have to put Sharks in because... Oh, yeah, uh, be, yeah, just based on result, based on beating Game Landers, having a good game against the Vikings. I think you have to put them in okay. over Furia. Yeah, I fair. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll give you... I mean, it's so close that I'm just like, fuck it. Like, honestly, it's, it's <laughs> tough for me to call, but like Sharks, I think that's not a bad pick, so... Yeah. Okay. Though they did, they, yeah, yeah, I'll keep sharks. Fine. And I think it's reasonable to leave them at the tenth position as well, because they, we're not talking about a Brazilian team that's dominated their region. We're not talking about a Brazilian team that's like um, that won Masters or anything like that at this point. We're we're talking about like a uh, uh, like a a solid team. Yeah, they're just a really good team in yeah. the region, but they could that. Uh, they are I think they could have won Masters if they didn't go up against Vi- like, like Vikings first round. Yeah, they're they capable of winning a tournament. Yeah, for sure. They definitely, I mean, uh, they have won a they tournament. Have. They just yeah. won uh, against Game So, Rangers, yeah. okay, but uh, then are we comfortable with Yield over Phase, Phase over Diffuse? I don't know, mate. I don't know. 
This I, is a I hard one. I'm so sad it's... that Vision Strikers went out without a whimper, man. Just because, bro, that streak in world rankings, I feel like should value should be valued super high, man. Yeah, it's just so. I think if they had had better recent results, I would be comfortable maybe putting them at tenth. Yeah, if they didn't look weak. But they looked really weak region. in their latest that's... results. So yeah, that's the problem. They just they just kind of stumbled to a victory against New Turn. The the just... maps they lost were so poor. Actually, no. The split map was they still played pretty decently, but the the bind. game they lost on bind was just awful. And but I don't really... forget the other two that they, they just stomped them. They just looked they so did. good on the other ones too. They did look pretty decent, but also Newton, I don't think is. I think Newton's probably the weakest of any of the second best teams in the major regions by quite quite a shot. I mean, if we compare Newton to Heretics. Or to phase, or to Gamelanders. Game yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's a it's big difference between even one and two. Close, in my opinion. Yeah, I would I I would agree with that. Can we can we put honorable mention? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, we yeah, can, they're an honorable. I mean, we can leave Vision Strikers yeah. just at the bottom. We had know? the we had the four hovering outside with the what was it? Vision Strikers, Furia, Envy, NIP. and yeah. Envy that we threw out. But, Those are so, honorable mentions. But I also hovering. think that the, the game has just gotten... Like, other teams have gotten so fierce since First Strike. Like the, there's a bunch of new teams on here. Ascend is a new team. FPX <laughs> have improved. Vikings is a new team. Guild uh, has improved. Phase has improved. Who, Diffuse who has thought improved. Phase would be on our top 10 world yeah. rankings at First Strike? I mean, yeah, that's... Yeah, I know. Yeah, and Diffuse Sharks came out of Sharks as a new team. Yeah. Like, there's a so. lot that has changed since the beginning of 2021, and these teams are just getting better and better and better. The scene is getting more and more competitive. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'd be okay with locking this in because, I don't know, what do you... The, the arguments between Guild, Phase, and Diffuse, I think, it's just so close and... Yeah. Honestly, I uh, just don't... I simply do not have the capabilities to deduct divine any further into these <laughs> yeah. last four nobody does like, that's why we're doing it anyways yeah <laughs> we'll go with this because okay sharks fine we'll put them at the bottom yeah. they had some good recent results crazy mechanical skill like don't feel confident in the other region so sharks cool diffuse think they've done well but i think they're kind of new in terms of like showing some good results recently phase their run was overall more impressive they have like the full SME capability and guild overall, even if they've slumped recently, have had consistently pretty good results throughout their time and have like some very, very talented players in a very tough region. So I'm yeah. feeling that I'm feeling just that's that's that, you know? It feels I'm like good. a bit of I a just feel like Diffuse is the one the one team that I'm like, do they really belong here? Really? Outside of that. I think Diffuse, I think Diffuse really? deserve to be if FaZe is here, Diffuse deserves to be here. I think In that Diffuse opinion. deserve their spot. I think Diffuse showed some really excellent yeah. stuff. They barely got beaten by Guild. They had excellent performances um, in, like, in, in terms of the eye test. Their defensive side is much better than their attacking side. But they, I think they're a very, very good team. Who would you put over them? I was going to say I would maybe move them up to 8th. Oh, you want to move Over them phase? up? Maybe. We got to lock it in soon, boys. Okay. Yeah. I, I think... <laughs> Never mind. We got to lock it in. I, I'm okay I, with locking I, this in. 
I'm okay I, with you know what? I'm just gonna do it we'll because be the they're in A. Forever. Fuck it. I think Faze deserves to go over to Fuse. Fuck it. In A boy over here. There. Yeah. There they go. They're above okay. Fuse. I think that's fine. I'm fine with it. We'll lock it in. We. I mean, how long? Oh, seven hours. <laughs> I mean, Kurt said he had nothing to do. So at least the most important top five was super quick from us. Actually, surprising yeah. that that was yeah. that easy. That's we, yeah. That is the easier part. It is. It is. It's, it's when you get down to the the, the weeds. Yeah. The mm. the slightly lower tier. It's it is amazing. Yeah, it becomes all over the place. But oh god, it makes me so excited for Reykjavik. Yeah, uh, of what can be. Can't wait to see our rankings be totally wrong. Oh, absolutely, they will be <laughs> utterly and completely incorrect. And uh, I'm sure you guys are going to tell us in the comments exactly how incorrect they are. <laughs> uh, but now it's time for the most important topic of the entire show, mm. the one that we always end on. Mm. What is it? What? This is what weekly my award. weekly award. Why, why it's weekly award? It's why it's weekly award. That's a classic one. Yeah. I love that's a good one. one. I like that <laughs> that is one. Good. Do you want to grab it? Yeah. Wrestling award. I just like it because it's wrestling. <laughs> it's, it's just wrestling and it's just yeah. it's fun to me. Uh, this week, the weekly award is going to go to uh, Katie from C9 White for mm. being the, the clear standout MVP of the first Game Changers. She just popped off. She's a, she's a ridiculously talented Jet she had the two, I mean, the two maps against the Moon Raccoons were just ridiculous. She had that insane ace clip, which I don't know if you have that, Kurt, somewhere on Reddit, and I know she tweeted it as well. Um, yeah, here we go. It was just oh, yeah. oh, this is so pretty sick. absurd uh, holding on bind B. Um, but yeah, I mean, she was just the clear MVP of the tournament. She's mega talented. And but she gets the award. Simple, easy. And also, just that's a nice, oof, little, oof. nice little flick with the classic. Ooh. But yeah, uh, congrats to Katie and C9 White for winning the first game changer and for being the MVP of the tournament. Yeah, and I am really looking forward to their game um, against Sonic. Yeah, against Sonic. Sonic. I'm so excited for that because I think we've always been waiting for Cloud9 White to have to be able to like string their decent results together in a tournament. To get deep. Um, and okay, they're in the same side of the bracket as Sentinels. So Cloud9 might probably not going to qualify this time <laughs> yeah. around. But it would be awesome to see that game go down. And I don't I don't really care which way it goes. It's just going to be a sick game. You've got the Oceanic team who are fighting for their region. And then you've got the, the women's team that are fighting for their kind of portion of the Valorant scene as well. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. I would. I, it'd be hard for me if it wasn't Cloud9 White and NA. Like if it wasn't that NA team. If it was any other NA team, I'd be probably breaking roots and going for the OC boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be rooting for Sonic if they uh, if they end up going against Sentinels. To be cool. yes. Yeah, but, that would uh, be cool. That would be fun. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see. That should be a really exciting match, though. Uh, what should they comment? What should people oh, comment? Yeah. Huh? Well, I mean, I know they're already gonna tell us what was wrong with our. Yeah, rankings. tell us what was wrong with our rankings. Yeah, tell Europeans, us... tell us why they're, they're, why we have any NA teams on there at all. Europeans, <laughs> make sure to let us know. Who's the best region? Easy. Yeah, oh, yeah. there we go. That's easy. The Who's best the best region. region right now? Yeah, I mean, that does it for this week. When we come back, uh, we have back chat coming up. I don't have a guess for that. I should probably go and get one. <laughs> and then uh, we'll have the I'll episode the coming guest. out you afterwards. Yeah, It'll just be us. I would, just interview me. I assume we'll be doing co-streams at some point for challenges coming up as well, yeah. if it's being run by NSG. 
but I don't have any plans. So I haven't thought about it yet. <laughs> so maybe we'll we'll tweet it out though. Go follow our Twitter and Platchat Podcast, and you'll be able to uh, get all the updates on what we're up to. All right. <laughs> Bye. That's it. Okay. <laughs>